RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Boom. Hello. What's going on? My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out. We meet usually on Saturday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. We also do our weekday specials. Those are more up in the air. I try to do them as much as I possibly can. I actually had to look up right now because I was thinking, what day is it? Everything blends together, doesn't it? Look at my little cat over there. He's tired. He's laying in the sun. He's cute. Frederick? He's very tired today. I get it. I'm tired, too. I'm exhausted from life. But it never ends. It keeps... Well, life will end eventually. I don't mean life ends. I mean that we're the fire hose of news. The uh, non-stop. And I do the show primarily because I am of the belief. You may feel differently, but I am of the belief that we will not win without a liberal media. And we don't have a liberal media. This is the liberal media. We don't have uh, a big platform like MSNBC, like, well, a lot of... I, I go through this a lot, talking about this, but I'm, uh, yeah, it, it's just one of the big frustrations of my life, because I do believe that if we had a functioning, if we actually had a liberal media, or a media that wasn't corporate-owned, we would have a functioning society. We might, sure, we'd have problems, nothing is perfect. No country is perfect, but we have such a long way to go to get even to f get even to functioning. We're not even a functioning democracy, and that's where we have to start. Forget, uh, you know, being perfect. Nobody's perfect, but we're not even operating on uh, in, uh, with any I don't know sense of reality. We're not a democracy. We're not uh, a country that works for all. We're not abiding by the rule of law. And history repeats itself. That's for sure. So today, as Twitler, I, I, I just saw many things today, and I wanted to share them with you guys as well. The um, Twitler went to a rally again, to, uh, in Arizona, such a bunch of tedious bores, frankly. So I, you know, when I was thinking about what to call the show today, I was it's kind of a common theme, though. Every day is opposite day to Republicans. So it's like living in bizarro world. Up is down, left is right, right is, you know, right is might. I don't know. Right is, uh, well, in my opinion, right is wrong, but... Every day, they, uh, I, I'm listening to these conservatives frame themselves 
as the champions of freedom and the people when they are nothing but the um the agents of oligarchy and oppression and i'm bringing the receipts we bring the receipts on the show and that's what we're talking about that's why i ask you to tell your friends about the show invite your friends to the show and i thank you for being here because the more that we grow the better chance that we're going to have to have a functioning society because this is the difference here we are the patriots we are the people progressives progressives are the people who are capable of functioning in a free democratic society for instance Lindsey Graham, before I get into the Twitler's uh, Arizona debacle, I mean, it's just whatever. He went to go speak to some, some students. But last night we had primaries in Kentucky and in New York. In New York, progressives won. In fact, uh, after spending all that, um, that money, that Wall Street money, uh, what's that woman? Cab- Cabrera. She was she was running up against uh, AOC. Now her name escapes me. It'll it'll escape me even further. I won't be even remember. Uh, come a month from now, I won't remember her the initials of her name. But she tried. She tried. I every day I got another letter from her. There were ads on TV. They were really pouring a lot of money into that race to unseat. AOC. She was completely funded by by billionaires in Wall Street and AOC blow, blew her out of the water. He, she won by over 50% of, of by fif, over 50 points she won. But Lindsey Graham on his Twitter feed he likened it well the progressives that won yesterday to the it, it, to the end of well, he's saying it was the French Revolution. As if, okay, the French Revolution was, uh, this is the problem here. The Republicans, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. The, the French Revolution, if he wants to talk about, uh, I guess, the part where the French Revolution went into the terrors, they went a little too far. But the, the French people were pushed by an entrenched intergenerational aristocracy that sucked on the people like they were goddamn parasites and discarded them while people were starving. The French aristocracy walked around with uh, elaborate haircuts and bird cage woven were bird cages woven into the giant hair the ostentatious display of wealth while people were starving that's what pushed the french to oh finally overthrow the entire system and they went too far because the this is you're talking about thousands of years of oppression and there is a famous quote from Mark Twain. But before I read that quote, I just want to read exactly what Lindsey Graham said about it. So you guys know what I'm talking about. 
And he's getting some pushback on Twitter. Because, I mean, this is, it just makes no sense. They have absolutely no grasp of history, much less reality. And so he says, the, the, Lindsey Grant says, it appears the French Revolution has now come to the Democratic Party. He does get points for saying Democratic Party. But he then corrects himself in a later tweet and says Democrat Party. I guess he got uh, some, he heard from Twitter or something. Twitter, he, he heard that his dim Fuhrer was displeased. So if you, so Lindsey Graham's tweet con, it continues. If you had any doubts who's in charge of the Democratic Party, all doubts should have been removed. So in the mind of a fascist, a lickspittle of a con man who received fewer votes, a greed-centered dictator and being autocrat puppet, an agent of a goddamn anti-democratic foreign dictator who says to the Chinese, another dictator, hey, buy some soybeans for me. I need your help in my election. Who goes, who strong arms the fledgling democracy of the Ukra- of Ukraine to be um, as corrupt as they used to be, or with, they were trying to get away from the corruption, and there here comes Twitter saying, "Hold on, hold your horses there. We need you to and give the appearance of a an investigation. You don't even have to do the investigation; just announce the investigation on my political rival." And someone who is such a sycophant to who to Va- Vladimir Putin, an open adversary to democracy, who hates democracy, who who openly says and uses the chaos in this country that Twitter and the Republicans and the conservatives have inflicted on us for generations who points to it as proof that democracies don't work. And Twitter is playing right into his hands. This guy, that's the person that Lindsey Graham's, who he sucks up to this wannabe dictator, as who is all right now, as we speak, and we know this, setting up the election setting up the fact that he will not leave when he loses in November. He's already laying the groundwork that he's not going anywhere. What do you think this is about? We were warned by uh, Michael Cohen, who said Twitler. Well, he didn't call him Twitler. He called him what he calls him. I call him Twitler. I do not call him the president. He's not the president. He did not receive the most votes. He is illegitimate. He squats in the White House, not only despite receiving fewer votes, oh, he, oh, by the rules that were laid out, with the help of a foreign dictator who is actively engaged in a PSYOPs campaign. Of course they are, using social media. That's what they do. This is your, uh, of course they are. There's no bar to entry there. And in fact, who cares? Uh... Facebook, they don't care. They just like the money. They're another one. Fucking Zuckerberg. Anyway, so uh, 
We'll get to him too. Um, as far as Lindsey Graham. So, you know, I mean, every day is opposite day. So a free and fair election, a primary election that is choosing the primary, the primary is a uh, party. Uh, it's not, and it's not, you know, the Democratic Party is choosing who they will run in the election. And the progressives won. A lot of progressives won, unseating un- incumbents and progressives who, uh, demo- open democratic socialists like AOC, um, removed all doubt that her, her, her initial election was some kind of fluke. The people of this, of uh, where I live, because AOC is my representative, good on us. But so that a, a free and fair election that isn't decided by some archaic throwback to times that where uh, the rich wanted to own their human property and they were afraid that the northern states, the people might get a little uppity. So they had to put it in another stopgap known as the Electoral College in case democracy truly broke out. So that is, you know, so someone elected, the person who receives the most votes gets to be the nominee. And that's what Lindsey Graham calls uh, chaos, a revolution. And meanwhile, the same day today, they're celebrating, all of the Republicans are celebrating how Mitch McConnell just stuffed another unqualified flunky onto the courts. These Republicans, they, the, the, the lickspittles, the flunkies, the loyalists that the Republicans are putting onto the court, they, not, they might not even be judges. These are people who never tried a case in many circumstances. They are merely law. They, they are lawyers. They graduated. And like, for example, Kavanaugh, he, has, he was never a judge. He never sat in a courtroom. He was a, a loyalist. And they rewarded him with a lifetime position on the, the highest court in the land. That's kind of, that is not kind of, that is a effing disgrace. And it goes to show you what we're up against. These people, they don't like democracy. So no wonder Lindsey Graham is, is confused when he sees democracy. He's like, wait a minute, the person who received the most votes actually gets to be the nominee and not, it doesn't win? I thought the person who received the fewer votes one and so what he's insinuating is uh, there's some kind of reign of terror if you had any doubt about who's in charge of the democratic party all doubts have been removed what universal health care progressive taxation living wages retirement security oh chaos That's all sorts of chaos breaking out for Republicans. Because if you're, this is who they are working for. 
They do not work for the American people. They work for the oligarchy, the shame-entrenched kind of power structure, the rich, that, that ruled over Western civilization for thousands of years. And this is exactly what they are, you know, rebuilding. And there's this great quote by Mark Twain from a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court. And it says, and Mark Twain wrote, there are two reigns of terror, if we would but remember and consider it. The one wrought murder and heart passion, the other in heartless cold blood. One that lasted a mere three months, the other lasted a thousand years. And I think he's putting that mildly. The one inflicted death upon 10,000 persons, the other upon hundred millions. But our, sh but our shudders are for all the horrors of the minor terror, the momentary terror, so to speak, whereas what is the horror of swift death by the axe compared to a lifelong death from hunger, cold, insult, cruelty, and heartbreak? What is swift death by lightning compared to death by slow fire at the stake? A city cemetery could contain the coffins filled by that brief terror, which we would all but, uh, which we have all been so diligently taught to shiver and mourn over. But all France could hardly contain the coffins filled by that older and real terror that unspeakably bitter and awful terror, which none of us have been taught to see in its vastness or pity as it deserves. Because that's the terror that we live in right now. We're not supposed to recognize that terror, but trust me, it is, it's uh, far more terrible than the, the, uh, the horrors that Lindsey Graham is describing. What are those horrors? That everyone has a seat at the table? That you don't have to go on GoFundMe? When you get sick, you don't have to come up with some kind of hope. Uh, I don't know. You pull people's heartstrings enough that they, you, they uh, find your campaign on GoFundMe and you're able to afford your chemo treatment so you can live one more day. Talk about the, the horrors of the income disparity, the upward immobility, hunger, death, cold, cruelty, heartbreak, death by despair. That's this country. Death by despair? How is this acceptable so a few people can get rich? A few people. So people working within the system are saying, we're not taking it anymore. But guess what? I am glad what's going on outside in the streets. We, it will not, we will not be successful just by uh, playing nice with them. And I mean, we have to push this system. Nothing as, uh, well, pa well, what did uh, Frederick Douglass say? Power concedes nothing without demand. 
and it doesn't concede even with demand. You have to continuously demand again and again and again, and you take no for and you don't take no for an answer. You don't say incremental. F this when you're incrementally di- when you're when your American people are inc- incrementally dying, incrementally incapable of living a decent middle class life that was their grandparents' birthright. How much more do these ghouls want from us? Do we have the answer, guys? It is they want it all. How much more? My, ans- my, my question that I ask all the time is how much longer will we take it? Because that's the real question. We allow it because we believe them. And that's why. This show and shows like it are important because we need to get this word out. They are playing a game. They are gaslighting the American people. I mean, some of them are far gone. There's, there's no hope for them. We have to leave them behind. Of course, the country that we build, they'll be able to enjoy universal health care, uh, a decent middle class life. All of that's that they... Uh, we they've enjoyed for generations thanks to progressives like socialist security and Medicare. That uh, it's I mean you you say I say it all the time. They you mark my words. The when we finally do pass Medicare for all, how long you think it'll take for Republicans to position themselves as the champions of Medicare for all? Sort of like the pre-existing conditions protections. I predicted it then. It's it. There's they are predictable. They don't change. This is who they are. That's the nature of conservatism. They only have one idea, and it sucks. Make the rich richer. That's their idea. And the rest of us are bamboozle us. Pretend. Only in the conservatives could be so stupid to put a tax-cheating, draft-dodging, dictator-envying con man with a fake university and a vitamin scam as their standard-bearer. And all the evangelicals come out of the woodwork to vote for him? And they're going to do it again. But it's... As I've been saying um, about the Black Lives Matter movement, about everything that came before it too, the Occupy Wall Street movement, all of this, all of these people-powered movements, it's about the economy. It has always been about the economy. I'm glad people are waking up, and I am glad that we're having this national conversation about what kind of culture we'd like to be. I know these freaks, they have they have they don't really have a lot to stand on. So conservatives, they hold on to the symbols of a, a bunch of losers and traitors and idiots who fought so the rich people could own human beings. Not even them. Not not the dumb dumbs. I saw some video today from Vice um, about in Mississippi, 
how because the, the Mississippi state flag has the Confederate flag and it. it's the last state flag that has that rag in it. And there's a big debate about taking it out and re redesigning the flag. This was and this video was like four years old. So it's still going on. They and they had they interviewed, of course, both sides, both sides, right? Both sides. And this woman was saying how, <clears throat> excuse me, oh, it's not, oh, it's not racism. It's not about racism. It's about our heritage. You know, I never owned any slave. My ancestors didn't own any slaves. And black people, they also fought in the Civil War on the Confederate side. It was not about slavery. This is, are you serious? This woman, yet again, are you serious? She's saying everybody needs to really learn about it because it's really not about slavery except for the fact that they declared that their nation, the great cornerstone on which their nation was built was the, the truth, the universal truth that the black man was inferior to the white man. And they said it. Read Alexander Stevens's cornerstone speech. And in many of the, the whenever the, a state seceded, they released a statement. The state of Alabama is seceding because of blah, 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 blah. And in there, it said the black man, or, you know, of course, it's always man, though, is inferior. And that is his natural state. So come on. Give me a break, people. They don't even read their own words, and we're supposed to read. I'm, I'm telling you guys, I'm reading it. You read it. Next, you. You try it. Not you guys. I'm talking to the Mississippi idiots. They're telling us, oh, we really need to learn about it. Well, I did learn about it. I, how about you? My ancestors didn't own any slaves, and black people fought in the Civil War. This is another thing that gets me insane. Um, did they have the the choice? What's the choice? Die or pick up an uh, pick up arms? If that's even the case, uh, yes, I'm sure these were free men fighting in the Confederate Army, and they were treated like free men. I doubt it. And forget doubt. No, I know they weren't. Don't be ridiculous. To excuse yourself for your ignorance because you have nothing else to cling to. Get a real hobby. Do something worthy. You know, save the whales or something. Why, why do you have to hang on to some rag of losers and traitors that has been used, that is used right now by the Nazis in Germany because their swastika is outlawed? Oh, my God. And they're like, yeah, we're all so friendly here in Mississippi. That's not the point. That rag that you like to fly, that's your heritage. Oh, yeah, my ancestors fought in the Civil War. Well, shame on you 
for 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 holding the torch for that. You should be ashamed of yourself. Have some shame. Know when you were wrong and when you were right. Know when you're on the goddamn right side of history. You know what I mean? That's my heritage. Well, your heritage is shit. And get real. What about, I mean, I brought this up the other week, about there's a son of Robert, his name is Robert Eichmann. He's the son of Adolf, <laughs> Adolf Eichmann. And he's not like, oh, yeah, that's my, he's like, yeah, that's my father, but he, I didn't know my father. He's not, he's not like, oh, that's my heritage and I'm proud of it. No, he's like, my father was a murderous Nazi. So he can't help that his father is Adolf Eichmann, but he's not saying, yeah, that's my heritage, love it or leave it. Well, some of them, I suppose, would. This is how stupid this country is. You know how ignorant people are in this country? It's not even funny. I'm sure you heard about the Marine um, Sniper Squad. What are they saying? Hold on. I just saw the I'm re the reason I'm thinking of this is because Jude Morford sent a photo of she's going with Mikey Weinstein, who is the head of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. And I'm trying to get him on the show, by the way. And Jude, they're going Jude does this she's part of an organization called Women's Standing, and they go and they they um have political actions at different usually um, different a military or, uh, installation or um, pro, what do you call it? Protests against war. She'll, it's a very powerful display of empty combat boots with flowers. Now she's also including baby booties going to different um, internment camps that we have that are separating uh, separating families and so Jude sent a photo of let me see hold on let's see if I can get this photo up of someone's car in the back of their car and it had marine well it said there's a they use the SS symbol Marine snipers, the scout snipers, and this—they, this is how stupid the people of this country are. I hate to tell you guys, they don't know history. And when I show you, well, we're, we're going to play some of the youth that Hitler talked. Hitler, <laughs> Twitler. <laughs> it could have been Hitler. It kind of reminds of, it's completely similar. But here, let me show you my screen. This is the picture that Jude sent. Let's see. And you can see in the windshield, on the back windshield, there's the SS symbol. But... It says scout snipers underneath it. The Marine Corps, these, this 
particular group, the Marine Scout Snipers, they, because they have absolutely no clue, they don't know history, the idiots adopted the symbol of the effing Nazi SS as their symbol. And they all dug in their heels when people were like, what are you doing? For example, here's from The Guardian. You can see. This is the United States. You know, we're supposed to be the good guys with a American flag and a effing SS. So the whoever it was, the commandant, I don't know who he is, a the general of the the Marines. I'm not sure who what what he's called. I don't know. The head of the Marines. He ordered them to stop using that symbol. You stupid fucking jarhead idiots. And a lot of them clearly, not only did they, they, I'm sure they got the memo, maybe some of them understand. They know the history and they don't give a shit. But maybe there are others, and I'm probably, I, I assume that this is the case. That's, oh, so what? So, uh, this is my heritage. It doesn't mean SS. It only means uh, scout snipers. Doesn't matter that it has been uh, completely transformed. The the SS symbol is it belongs to history now. On the wrong side of history, and pick a real battle to fight for. But this is who the, what we deal with in this country: people who think that a flag of a bunch of losers and traitors is something that they need to cling to. They got nothing else. The best, the, the next thing they cling to is the fact that they were born white. Other than that, what do they got? Oh, I got my heritage. If that's your heritage, well, you know, why don't you read up about your heritage and what you're really clinging to and why people are begging you. The first we asked nicely, you know, really, we did. We asked nicely. How long did we ask them nicely to please stop being a bunch of fools who are, we're, we're trying to live in a diverse country of 320 million people, and that f- rag that you fly, that you say is for your heritage, it is offensive. It's on uh, to many of our fellow Americans whether they had ancestors in who were uh, enslaved or they were just people who are equally outraged by racist assholes who cling to the symbols of hate for no good reason. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Either way, you know, we asked, stop inflaming um, or, or, you know, other Americans. There, it is unnecessary. Have some compassion, you know? E pluribus unum. We're in this together. We're trying to build a diverse country that works for all, and we have a diverse population. That's what makes America great. 
So, have some goddamn manners. Of course not, though. They don't have manners. They don't even have the maturity to say thank you. Thank you, liberals, for my socialist security. Thank you for my Medicare. Without you, I wouldn't be able to go and get my diabetes medicine. But no. So, of course, they have to. No, I, it's my, I got my rights. Well, what about other people? You know, it's like you don't um, throw your garbage out the window because you live in a country of uh, 320 million people. And nobody wants to step in your effing garbage. Wait, hold on. Somebody just text me something. We're trying to get these kittens. These kittens that were... I think I showed you... I do work with the New York City feral cats, and we try we TNR'd some of the cats, and obviously we didn't get to them all because there were kittens suddenly, two of them, and we've been trying to catch them for days, and we've been unsuccessful, and I feel really bad because we have to get them before they get old and they're unable to... That we have people waiting to take them in as fosters, and we also have people that are interested in adopting them. We just have to get them. And if we don't get them in time, that they're not going to be able to... Uh, they'll be harder to, to adopt or even to catch. So I don't know. I just got texted by my friend who went to look for them again today and couldn't find them. So I hope nothing happened to them. I'm just letting you know. Please say a prayer for these little kitties or whatever you do. Maybe they'll come out of hiding. Hopefully they're fine. God, it's so frustrating. What was I talking about? All right, yeah, this the Marine Corps sniper. So let's see. Look, this is an article in The Guardian that's eight years old. And they're still obviously walking around with that symbol. They do it to be indignant. They don't care what it means to others, that it means death, that someone, that they see that symbol, that Americans fought, bled, and died f against that symbol, to erase that symbol and everything it stood for. How many Americans were tortured by SS officers or the, or, or it doesn't even matter. How about the six million Jews who died because under you know under that symbol? So they're gonna use that symbol in the United States. It's an offense, and they don't care though. That's the problem. They are they're incapable of functioning in a free democratic society of diverse people. It's the truth. They could, I mean, let them, uh, this is why I, I, sometimes I get to the point, I'm just like, secede already, please, just do it. W we need to break up. It's, ha it's a bad relationship. 
let's start that conversation around secession. Okay, who you want? You want Kentucky? Great. You can have it. Kansas? Fine. Whatever. We will have the Confederated States of America or whatever, the Federation. You can be, but honestly, who needs a Federation? F it. Just go. Just get out of here. Build a wall already. I'm tired. Maybe we can use our blue state dollars instead of going to Kentucky, as they do. You get more than, I think Kentucky gets more than $2 for every dollar they put in. Or close to it. Then we'll get to keep it here. And we can have universal health care. Higher education for all. Living wages. Retirement security. Jesus Christ. Unreal. So, yeah. it's uh, my, my question is always how much longer are we going to take it? That's why we have to get the word out. We're in this boat of ignorance. How does anybody not know what that F and SS symbol means and why it's offensive? And when you get an order from your superior who, who says, because that's what happened. The Marine Corps, it went up the chain of command and they were ordered to remove that symbol Obviously not from the guy's truck. He could put whatever symbol he wants on the truck. But you know that a lot of them are like, oh, these liberals, these liberal crybabies, now I got to remove my SS symbol. Not understanding in any way, shape, or form these, do- these bozos, they think they're strong. Oh, we're scout snipers. We're Marines. We're strong. Well, Real strength has compassion, empathy, understanding. Real strength comes from knowledge. And you don't walk around looking like the enemy. Jesus Christ. Then I heard somebody, one of the, I was looking online and there was this argument going back and forth from people who were like, Oh yeah, this is it goes back to a great war tradition of platoons or whatever or an army adopting the symbols of their uh, of the vanquished. That is such bullshit. But that's all they got, you know? Are you kidding me? Why not? Where's the swastika then? I never heard of the, you adopt the symbol of the of the vanquish. Is this like how uh, I guess the Incas would eat the heart of those that they uh, were the, of those they defeated? I I don't know. Are we living in the goddamn uh, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom? They are. Yes, they are. That's where they get their history. They don't know history. They, they saw inglorious bastards, maybe. That's what they think is ridiculous, but this is where we live. And how much longer are we going to take it? As long as we allow them to get away with it, they will get away with it. And it all, okay, this is, that's just an aside. And getting back to the economics of it all, for example, 
Facebook, you know, we're talking about how much longer we're going to take it. And it's all about an economy. Now, we are, you know, we have such a great economy, a great economy, right? Where the majority of Americans live check to check. So now I just read this story. Well, this is not just Reddit, but, and, um, you know, a lot of people are working from home now. So Facebook, what, what does Mark Zuckerberg say? So he's, so Zuckerberg says he expects, you know, this is the guy that allows Twitter and the Republicans to lie on, on his platform and the Russians to spread their propaganda. Meanwhile, I have a site on Facebook. You guys know it's rdtdaily.com. We got dinged for being fake, for putting up a fake meme when there was a quote from Twitter. Here's the meme that we put up that they dinged us. And you know who's doing the the checking, the fact checking? It's Tucker Carlson's organization. They are check, fact checking for Facebook, for fake news. Are you fucking kidding me? We how Are we in the rabbit hole or what? And I'm telling you, this is why I say you have to support the liberal media. I'm not kidding. It's not just about this show. Support Bob Kincaid. Support Mike Malloy. Support liberal independent media, progressive voices, if you don't want to support this show. Of course, I want you to, but support. Get the support out there. Because otherwise we're done. Anyway, so we put up a meme that it's it's it was Twitter saying, oh, the f- something about it. This is a couple months ago, so it said something about how um, Twitter was bragging about his crowd size at a rally, and he said, oh, of course the fake news will won't report that, and then uh, anyway, it was. The right quote, okay, so there was a quote, and then it said the date. And it was the right quote, but the wrong date. And they they dinged us for having a fake news. You understand? So there was, it's, this is what we're talking about. Any way they can F us, they will. And what happens then is that, RDT Daily, Republican Dirty Tricks, this show, it doesn't go into people's news feed, so they suppress it. And the only way that we can unsuppress is if we pay. You understand? So I have on RDT Daily on the Facebook page, we have 150,000 likes on that page. So they... uh, that doesn't mean that 150,000 people, when we broadcast the show, for, so to speak, or post something or post an article, that doesn't mean that it goes to 150,000 people's Facebook feeds. No, no. You also have to request it. You have to follow the blog, right? You have to go actively and follow it. But they, Facebook also suppresses it. And we get to if, 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 if we pay. So you have the option to boost the post. You know, you think that if you're making a, um, 
you know, you you invite people and they like your page, like they might want to read and get your what you're what you're talking about or your shows or your whatever your content. No, only if you pay. You understand? So we get to you could boost the post, and that's this is where we live. That's why. You know, we're we're up against David and Goliath, and we are the damn Davids, that's for sure. And what is what is Zuckerberg? Why? How much is Zuckerberg worth now? I know, let's see. Let's see. No, 89.2 billion effing dollars. And then you have Jeff Bezos. Well, he's at number one, 165 billion. Bill Gates, 109 billion. Elon Musk, 42 billion. Are you effing kidding me? Four fucking men? Four white motherfuckers are, have billions of dollars? And now, listen to this. Zuckerberg, now you know everybody's working from home now. So now Zuckerberg says, well, he is, he, because he's such a forward thinker, he predicts that in about 10 years, a lot of the American workforce will be working from home. But Zuckerberg has already told them, and he's made an announcement to his Facebook employees that they will aggressively ramp up hiring remote workers, and what that means. But, okay, let me let me frame this correctly. They will lower their salaries. So if they're living in a, in a location where the standard of living is lower, they will lower your salary. Not that... So wait, wait, wait. So you... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. This 80 million, billion motherfucker is going to nickel and dime the American workforce yet again? And fuck us over. And where is that money going to go? Oh, it'll go into his pocket. It'll go into stock prices. And those stock mother effers are, uh, they're already in the 1%. The majority, how many Americans own stock? Let's see. The percentage of Americans who own stock Let's see, 55% stock market experiencing record volatility since the outbreak of COVID-19. It's fair to say, what percentage of Americans are personally exposed to the market's financial risks and and windfalls? Thus, yeah, it's like you're riding the lottery. You better hope you're on an upswing if you plan on retiring anytime this lifetime. 55% of Americans reporting say that they own stock identical to the average recorded in nineteen in 2019. Gallup measures based on, uh, let's see, stock ownership is uh, included in a mutual fund or retirement savings account like 401k. I mean, 50, 55%, but then it's also the top, as far as stock ownership, 
it's the top 1% owned around 90% of the stocks. And then you get the pittance, as always, in your little mutual fund or your IRA or your goddamn 401k, which was a bullshit Republican idea to separate people from the guaranteed pensions that was the liberal and the American standard. It used to be that all Americans, for the most part, everyone had a pension. You worked, you retired, and you got your pension for the rest of your life. And then it went on to your heirs, your wife or your spouse or whatever. So they didn't have to go on the streets and die. Thank you, liberals. Thank you, FDR. Thank you, progressives who thought that radical idea, that notion that a worker demand, that de deserves, fuck it, demands, yeah, and deserves to live a decent retirement. So have a break, goddammit, to not have to scrounge and save and, uh, or to the point where, you know, you, you just drop dead on the job as you're laying your last brick. These efforts. This is what we're talking about. So, so, eighty billion Zuckerberg, he's got to tell the employees that he will uh, measure their salary to wherever the standard of living is. Now, could you imagine what if that standard of living, um, you know, if let's say he paid. A living wage. Let's say the American people got together and said, if you have a corporation, you billionaire oligarchs, that not only can you not buy government anymore because we have money out of politics, finally, but you have to give your employees living wages. They need to have a certain percent of the profit that their labor makes possible to begin with. How about that? And then you give then the salary earned for those who work for a living. That goes right back into the economy. And then you have an economy that works for all, not just the 1%. And you tax the rich at a high marginal tax rate. So you don't have one or two, three, four white motherfuckers earning, or not earning, accumulating more wealth than they will never spend in a thousand lifetimes. So what are they going to do? They're going to pass it on to their undeserving heirs tax-free thanks to the Republican tax scam, which reinstated the, the well, the role, not reinstated, took away the estate tax, which was a patriotic tax that prevented an intergenerational aristocracy from developing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is it that hard? It's not. No, it's because we're dumb. And we have been bamboozled and propagandized and fought each other at each other's throats about stupidity, about a racist-ass symbol. And this has always been, really, think about it. Our problems here in the United States of serfs and lords has always been about us 
compromising with racists, being uh, reaching across the aisle to racists. All of our progress that we've had is when we have evolved despite them, to spite them. And they have always come kicking and screaming, that's for sure, all the time. So. Oh, God, help me. Anyway, speaking of stupid, well, Trump was, there's so many things to talk about, I don't even know where to begin. This is the problem. Well, oh, let's start here. This is really irritating as hell. Well, there's a couple of things. I wanted to play that 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 Nuremberg youth rally, uh, Twitler's youth rally. We will. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, I don't know. Did you see? Well, a couple of things. Well, they're celebrating Twitler um, as he's um, firing attorneys general. And they're giving Michael Flynn, who pled guilty or pleaded guilty, however you put it, to being a guilty motherfucker. He he pled he pleaded guilty twice. And now they're saying, oh, he shouldn't be prosecuted. This is a Trump, another Trump loyalist. And that's why. Look, I'm gonna show you right here. Here's Michael Flynn. Guilty. He signed it. The defendant's acceptance. I make this statement knowingly and voluntarily because I am, in fact, guilty of the crimes charged. No threats have been made to me, nor am I under the influence of anything that could impede my ability to understand this statement of offense fully. I have read every word of this statement of the offense. I have read it to, had it, or have it read to me. Pursuant to Federal Rule and Criminal Procedure 11, after consulting with my attorneys, I agree and stipulate to the statement of the offense and declare on a penalty of perjury that it is true and correct. Michael T. fucking mother effing effing twitler sucking Flynn. Traitor. Traitor Esquire. Extraordinaire. Lock him up. So, nah, that's rules, rules, laws. That's for other people. And this is exactly what the Nazis did. Yes, that's what they did. They packed the courts with unqualified flunkies. So when a communist or a socialist got in trouble and they got in front of their Nazi judge, they would throw the book at them. And when a Nazi murdered a Jew or broke and broke into a Jewish shop and stole everything and uh, terrorized the family and they went in front of the judge, nothing would happen. So, yeah, here's an article from something called The Print by Man- Manish... Turi, Turi, I can't pronounce, I'm sorry about that, MT, I'll call you. How the judiciary helped Hitler and Stalin in destroying political opposition. 
Any democracy is as strong or as weak as the institutions that underpin its edifice. When democracy is subverted, it is the institutional reliability of the judicial system that is dismantled first. What have I been telling everyone? We've been talking about this forever. A grand sweep of history bears testimony to these maxims. Whenever judicial independence is undermined, tyranny, chaos, and then anarchy is in that order, are its inevitable collateral. Like, what is that word? Hmm. I'm sorry. I feel like an ignoramus now. Corollary. I can't say that. Corollary. I can't. You see, it's too many L's in a row. Corollary. It's, it's a tongue twister. Various aspects of Nazi rule from 1933 to 1945 have received copious amounts of attention in the form of books, documentaries, films, and a range of highly scholastic analysis. A forgotten feature, however, of that period, it was the systematic destruction of an independent judicial system. Before the Nazis first appropriated dominance in 1933, Adolf Hitler did not wax eloquent against the, the judiciary. This was due to the fact that the German legal system was both federal in character and deeply embedded in the Western legal tradition of an autonomous judiciary, both at its base and at its pinnacle. This ambivalence did not subterfuge the reality that the legal system, as it stood constituted especially in the independence of the judiciary, that's a hard word too, was an anathema to the Nazis. Things came to a head within three weeks of Hitler being sworn in as chancellor in what is known as the Reichstag fire case. Hitler, this, uh, Hitler had this unexpressed expectation that the judges would find a, a sinister and um, ambitious conspiracy by communists behind the Reichstag fire, but the judges convinced only a single—wait, wait, sorry. The ju judges convicted only a single communist. Outraged, Hitler re leveraged the authority conceded to him in the terms of the Reichstag fire decree— to set up his own judicial system outside the hierarchical order of the German court system and even outside the um, outside of German law itself. These were the, this is going to be a good one, Sundrichkeit or the Nazi special courts. Let's see if I can pronounce that. Hold on. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to pronounce that. It's a German word. Sometimes they have the pronunciation that I like to use, but it's not there. How to pronounce? Let me see. Oh, no, no, no. Let's see. No. Whoops. Sondergerichte. Yeah. I can't pronounce that. Forget it. The remit of these special courts was extensive. Almost any crime that could be described as political opposition to the Nazi regime ended up before them. The most notorious of these monstrosities was the Volksgerichtshof, the People's Court, formed in 1934 to conduct the alleged treason trials. 
These measures spelt the death knell for the German legal and judicial system. Even the flag, le- uh, uh, sorry, even the fig leaf of feigned impartiality was ripped to shreds when Hitler addressed the judiciary in a speech in the Reichstag on April 26, 1942. Hitler said, I expect the German legal profession to understand that the nation is not here for them, but they, they are here for the nation. From now on, I shall intervene in these cases and remove from office those judges who evidently do not understand the demand of the hour. What do you think that effing filthy Mitch McConnell and Twitler are doing? Stuffing the courts. And then he's getting involved, going on Twitter, talking about judges, the... the um, Uh, A Mexican judge ruled against him, and uh, the judges don't like him. It's all about him. And then they, this is a conspiracy, of course. Why doesn't anybody talk about this? Why doesn't the Democratic Party talk about this? They say they're very concerned They act as if the Republicans are a legitimate political party. No, they're not. Just because a couple of them get together and now they're the Lincoln Project fighting against Trump. They're not fighting against the Republican Party. They're going against the Twitler. They're the ones that made him possible. People like Steve Schmidt, who put Sarah Palin... Who elevated Sarah Palin to national prominence? Without her, we would never have him. It's the little assaults on us, on our system, one inept asshole at a time. Oh, my God. Where was I? I've been telling you guys this, haven't I? Haven't I? And not to say, like, I told you so, but I've been saying this forever. And has anybody else? I don't really hear this. I hear that I do on, let's say, Rachel Maddow. I'll say, they'll say, yes, Mitch McConnell's stuffing the courts. They don't talk about the Nazis did this. The same effing thing. Oh, okay. I guess because they got to abide by Godwin's law. Nobody, you can't mention Nazis or you lose the argument. Let's all pretend it never happened. Ridiculous. We have history to guide us as a, as a lesson and a warning. Ugh. Let me see. Where was I? Judges in Nazi Germany were then instructed that in the event of any conflict between the Nazi party and the law, the Nazi party should always succeed as their objectives surmounted any notions of fair play. Interestingly, judges were the least persecuted class in Nazi Germany. Hmm. Hardly anyone ended up in a concentration camp for their co-option was voluntary. Can you fucking believe this? This is how republics die. 
that's what's going on here. All through the veneer of legitimacy. Mitch McConnell and Twitler stuffing the court. Today on Twitter, McConnell, I don't know if it was him that Mitch, uh, let me see, Mitch McConnell, who tweeted out, uh, there's this video, it makes you want to vomit, that it has a big 200, you know, it's a, someone put it together. It's a big 200, and then Mitch McConnell's face appears out of the 200. It may, I want to vomit. I also want to break my computer, but I need my computer to do the show. That would be that would be defeating the purpose. Where is it? Oh my god. Here is he look, I'm showing you this here's my screen. This is McConnell himself tooting his own horn. Disgusting. Just like the Nazis. Just like the Nazis. Why don't they put that together? I don't know. Because I guess that's why I'm here, to bring the receipts. But they don't bring the receipts. Corporate media. Useless corporate goddamn media. Ridiculous. No one puts it together. There's no history. It's like we are every day a new beginning. We're a bunch of goldfish. We just wake up. Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, wow. Look at that. The sun, the moon. Look. <laughs> every day is like a new day. <laughs> we bring nothing to the table. What came before us, we, we just forget. Every day we learn everything anew. It's like learning to walk, learning to... Run all over again. And thank you, Mark, for your super chat. And thank you, Haiku, for your super chat. And that's how we will get... That's how we'll win. If you can, super chat. If you also can, become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. If you even have... You know, at the $2 a month. That's all it takes. We will have some Patreon-only events coming up. And then won't you feel funny if you're not a part of them? You're going to be, you know, who wants to be left out? Not me. Well, depends on the party, right? Yeah. Uh, Okay. Let's see. Uh, yeah, think about this. Interestingly, judges were the least persecuted class in Nazi Germany. You would think that those who who um, worked on the side of the law might stand up. No, no. This is the nature of human beings. That's why it's so concerning. It's not that fascism, the takeover of, of an autocrat, the take an autocratic takeover of a democratic system is so unique to Germany because the Germans were human beings. This system is not set up for I mean they we keep saying all the time how 
the founders envisioned an out-of-control executive. They never envisioned an out-of-control executive and an out-of-control political party. Oh, really? If that's the case, then that I, I don't find that a credible statement, frankly, because that's exactly how other republics have failed. They don't fail because of one person. They fail. If it's only one person, that's good enough. If Twitler didn't have an army of enablers, what would what would we do? If Twitler just got there and he was like, I'm, I'm going to make America great. Nazi, I mean, Nazis, uh, Mexicans are rapists and, you know, all, and did his shtick. What if he brought his shtick and nobody bought it? And laughed at him and said, F him. I put my country over my filthy, disgusting, greed-centered party. No, he found millions. He found the millions of voters, and he also found thousands of co-conspirators in the Republican Party. And they're still there, and they're holding on, and they're not letting go. So... The system holds. No, it's only as good as the people who are in that system, who are abiding by it and holding up the system. What good is a constitution? What good are laws? What is the point if nobody abides by it? If it has no teeth and has no power? It's the same when we talk about the American working class. They're not afraid of us, people. They're not afraid. They don't like what we're in the streets. That's why they're, they are um, trying as much as they can to ensure that we make sh- that we focus, focus people on maybe some nice symbol, not getting rid of getting rid of, you know, being nicer to each other, just being a little nicer and less fucked up police, less abusive police. Yes, well all right, we'll give you that. For now, for, just for now, a little. We'll have some re- diversity training. We'll do. We'll uh, make sure that we have some CEOs that our people have darker pigment. But other than that, the CEOs are going to be. They're going to tell their workers, "Oh well, worker, we're going to have to cut thousands of jobs now because." We need to inflate our stock prices while we get a $30 million golden parachute on top of our $270,000 a month pension for life. Not for you, for one person. One guy gets that. The rest of you get nothing. You get bootstraps and thoughts and prayers. Son of a bitches. <sighs> Let me see. The legitimization of Nazi atrocities using the letter of law was the rule rather than the exception. That is why to restore the faith of people in the Axis-occupied countries in the rule of law, the Allies conducted the Nuremberg and Tokyo trials of war criminals rather than sum- summarily, ugh, summarily executing them. 
Yeah. They had to show. Being a democratic nation of laws, we abide by the rule of law. But eh, those days are far over. By the 1920s in Italy, Benito Mussolini propounded the state as conceived of and as created by fascism is a spiritual and moral fact in itself, since its political, judicial, and economic organization of the nation is a concrete thing, and such an organization must be, in its origins and development, a manifestation of the spirit. Well, that sounds kind of like a cult. Mussolini conceived and executed the temple of the totalitarian state, the three branches of power, namely the executive, legislature, and judiciary, focused into one in the years Mussolini, in the years of Mussolini's depravity. The blend of Mussolini's grandiloquent braggadocio, coupled with an aspiration to amalgamate ancient imperial Roman grandeur and avant-garde futurism, led to the creation of an immoral state where the rule of law was replaced by the writ of the fascists. The philosophy of natural rights and notions of autonomy for the courts of law had no place in their scheme of things. Fascist justice was the rule of the thug sanctified by a supine judicial class. That's a good article. I don't read this anywhere, really, except here now. <laughs> and on Tower Buster. But you don't hear this. You talk about on, on liberal media, on the so-called liberal media, on MSNBC, on CNN. They'll talk about putting judges on the courts, stuffing the courts, I'll even hear the Democratic leadership talking about it. But they do not connect the dots. Don't they understand who they're dealing with? The American people are not that smart. They don't know history by design. Republicans do not defund public education um, on accident. They do it to keep people dumb. And ill-informed, they understand that the more people know, the more critical thinking they do, and the less they vote for Republicans and conservatives. And they realize that they have been played, that just waving a flag and chanting USA, USA, USA doesn't make one a patriot. It makes you a parrot. I saw parrots doing that, chanting USA. I mean, there was a... When I was growing up, my friend's mom had a parrot. And every time the phone rang, it would go, I'll get it. But it never answered the phone. I had no idea what a phone was. But it had been trained. That's how I look at when I see these Republicans waving their flag and chanting USA, USA, USA. They have zero clue of what it means to be a patriot, what is actually at stake. They are holding on to the symbols, just like they're still holding on to the symbols of the treason their ancestors committed so they can hold human beings in bondage. Oh, not them, the rich. Even back then, they were willing, eager dupes of the oligarchs that 
had no time for democracy. They had no reason for democracy. They hated it. Back then, they had they hated democracy just like the oligarchs of today hated it. And trust me, normal people, if they could get away with it, holding people as slaves, you know they would. They would do it. They are basically have us in bondage as it is. What does it mean? You know, that's why... On this show, we talk about what it means to be free. If you can't go to the doctor when you're sick, you're not free. If you are sick and you can't take a day off because you won't get paid and then everything will come crumbling down, you're not free. No, you're not. If you can't just take a goddamn day off because you're a tired and you need a vacation, like the rest of the world who gets 30 days, you're not free. You don't go to work every single day for every day of your life for nothing, so some people have enough money that they don't know what to do with it, and now they want to go to Mars after destroying Earth. They got so much money. How gross is that? One mother effer has so much money while the majority of Americans can't save $400. The majority of Americans live check to check. One third can't retire. Millions go bankrupt because they get sick. 35,000 die needlessly every year without health care when they could have lived. And we got one fucker who is going to go to Mars. Fuck you. And that's freedom? No, honey, that's not freedom. That is serfdom. What is freedom is what FDR talked about, the second Bill of, Bill of Rights. That's freedom. Do we understand that? Yes. I hope we do. I do. I don't know. I know you do. How about your neighbor? How about your best friend? Your mama? Your auntie? Your cousin? Right? And covert white rabbit on the chat. Does Bezos really work harder than half the fucking world? No. And if he thinks he does, he needs... He, we, the, half the world better tell him to teach him a lesson but this is because we take it we have been taught to be supplicants to say oh yes my lord thank you my lord maybe one day I'll be a billionaire too my lord there's more things to life than coming up with some scam to separate people from their money oh you came up with a bookstore online so you should now have more money than the entire fucking planet earth no we have something to say about that the reason it even got to that point is because of the system he he could still be rich he would still be rich 
But there is no reason why the working people of that company can't share in the profits that their labor makes possible. Absolutely none. 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 No reason. Except that we have a corrupt government that is owned by the same goddamn banksters and oligarchs and Bezos himself that ensure that the laws remain rigged in the favor of the rich. And that's the that's it. Period. End of sentence. Hmm. So, speaking of how gross Republicans are, well, I mean, everything sucks. They all, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, God. Today. Everything sucks. <laughs> that's why I ask you, please become a patron. Okay? I know you get sick of hearing me. But every day I have to say it. I am sorry. Because maybe the five thousandth time I say it one person might say yeah okay bitch I'll become a patron at patreon.com slash if we have enough patrons we will have a daily show and if we have a daily show we will amplify this message that has to get out there you know it I know it we can't have a functioning democracy without a message like this that says we're in it together. And we, re- we have to reclaim the mantle of patriotism, unapologetic progressive patriotism, because that's what we're talking about. We're the patriots fighting for freedom for all. We are holding the mantle of the... Uh, of the enlightenment but um today in the united states uh goddamn house of representatives oh my god what a spectacle i don't understand how anybody looks at somebody named willie gomert and says yep that's that's my representative he's the one for me Unbelievable. So Louis Gohmert, for and first of all, this all over Twitter, Louis Gohmert, Doug Jones, and and uh, Jerry Nadler were, uh, they were trending. Nadler is such a wimp. Why he let them get away with this? Louis Gohmert was... He, he didn't like they were having a hearing about Bill Barr because Bill Barr will end up in jail. If there is justice in the world, Bill, Bill Barr is a, he's a criminal. He is not the, the attorney general of the United States. He is Trump's, um, what's his name? Cohen. Not Cohen. Where is my, somebody on the chat will tell me. Roy Cohen, yes, Roy Cohen. Bill Barr is is Twitler's Roy Cohen, who is you know, Roy Cohen was a corrupt lawyer. It was one of actually it was one of Twitler's mentors, really. But he was also a closet case, an anti gay, rabidly anti gay gay. And he ended up dying of AIDS, right? Am I wrong? No. Uh Roy Did he die of AIDS? 
Or am I getting him confused with somebody? I think I'm right. Somebody on the chat. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, my God. I, I just looked at his... Holy shit. I looked at his Wikipedia page. Roy Cohen has a... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He has a quilt on the on the AIDS quilt dedicated to him. Are you kidding me? Look at this. Bully, coward, victim. Roy Cohen? Well, I guess it says bully and coward. Victim? Victimizer. But that's what you get with Republicans. This is who they are. Rabidly anti-gay, self-loathing gay, who used his powers not for good, but to make the world the worst place. And he's not like Lee Atwater, because at least Lee Atwater, be before he died, went around and called all the people he had harmed to beg them to forgive him for the harm they that he had done to this country. He recognized what's important in life, but it took a brain tumor and a premature death for him to realize it. Unfortunately, his, uh, his protege, um, what's his name, Carl Rove, has yet to call anybody to apologize. Roy Cohen, victim, nah. They should have just stopped that coward. Bully and coward. Scumbag. Maybe they could have had that. But these are who they are. Nothing matters. Not decency, not democracy. They're not fighting for truth, justice, the American way, mom and apple pie. They're fighting for themselves. Greed, power, the power over somebody else's life, the power to kick down and kiss up. That's who they are. This is why you don't give them power. They can't handle it. They are incapable. They're sick. These are sick people. Just like somebody is sick who hoards newspapers or animals or whatever. These are sick, greedy little, little lickspittle. These are bottom feeders. And they don't work on the side of the American people. No. <laughs> no, no, no. But anyway, so today in Congress, they were having a hearing about Bill Barr. Let's see how the Dallas Morning News described it. East Texas Rep. Louis Gomert tried Wednesday. Oh, no, I got to pay a subscription. I don't have a subscription to the Dallas Morning News, your mother effers. Oh, God. Let's see how the blaze describes it. House hearing turns chaotic after Rep. Gomert refuses to knock on table, refuses to stop knocking on table to drown out witnesses. This is who they are. They are children. Haven't I said this every day? Every time we do a show, I say, Republicans lack the maturity to function in a free democratic society. 
they that they can only pretend to love. And here they go again, proving me right. Their children. The other day, what was it, last week, we had Ted Cruz on Twitter challenging uh, an actor to uh, to have a wrestling match with Jim Jordan, the pedophile enabling asshole who who wears who doesn't wear a jacket an idiot another someone who looks entirely inbred and you know it i'm sorry he does and so does gomert who votes for louis gomert yep that's for me that's the man for me so the blaze a right-wing rag a hearing of the Ju- of the House Judiciary Committee turned chaos after Representative Louis Gomert, R. Texas, of course, objected to the time given to a witness by continuing to knock on his table and drown out the witness like a baby. They forgot that last part of the sentence. The incident occurred on Wednesday as former Deputy Eternal... Uh, why can't I talk? Attorney General Donald Iyer was given his opening statement to the committee. Iyer was excoriating, yes, Attorney General William Barr, when Gomert began banging his table. Here, though, the wrong is much worse as Barr is using... Wait, 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 what am I saying here? Okay, Iyer said... Here, though, the wrong is much worse as Barr is using a criminal investigation to produce fodder for the president's campaign propaganda mill, which can have its effect even if it's false. The reason I'm having trouble reading this is that the idiot who wrote this for the blaze doesn't know how to write. That's the bottom line. Here... Though the wrong is much worse. He doesn't set up the sentence. He should say. He needs to. This person who wrote this article. They need somebody to. To be an editor for that. I mean obviously they don't give a shit. They, they know the idiots are reading this. They're not reading the articles. They are looking at the headlines. And they're scouring. They want to have some anti-Hillary Clinton. I mean, this is how uh, easily entertained these idiots are. They're trying, they're looking up, they're they're going through the headlines looking for Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. I mean, they're still back in 2016. And uh, they don't read the article, so I'm sure there is no, there's not a lot of time spent on, on on editing them. Here, though, the wrong is much worse. Why would they put... So this is a quote from the guy who was testifying. So set it up. Say, the guy who was testifying, uh, General, wait, Deputy Attorney General Donald Iyer said... And why do you start with here? Here, though, the wrong is much worse as Barr is used... Here what? What wrong? They don't explain because they don't, you know what I mean? And then next paragraph, here, Gomart began to knock his ring against the table. Here, 
these people are in tr- control of our country. You get it? I'm not just talking about who they're talking about, the subjects of this article. The person who wrote this article, Carlos Garcia of The Blaze, Carlos joined The Blaze in November 2016. And they have regretted it ever since. His personal pronouns are he, him, and that guy. He has a bachelor's degree and has spent many years befuddling editors with his writing. You can reach that guy at cgarcia at theblazemedia.com. Well, I think he's uh, they're trying to be funny there. And they have regretted it ever since. Oh, well, you know, you got to mock people for wanting to be called what they want to be called. You know, that's not the world that Republicans live in. That's too much for them. That's too much e pluribus unum for them. That's too much, uh, li- you know, li- uh, pledging your lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other for them. They wouldn't pledge their life, fortune, and sacred honor. How could they? To each other? No, no, no. They pledge to the 1%. They don't pledge to each other. Not to you, me, anybody. Somebody with darker pigment. Someone who wants to be an American. Who crossed, uh, who escaped a failed state we helped create. Who crossed the desert with kids on their backs. So trying to, to obtain the freedom that these Republican freaks got by mere accident of birth and have no ability to appreciate. So they, what do they do? They sit in their little privileged spaces and mock anybody who tries to make the world a better place, even by having the courage to live an authentic life and then asking for others to respect that courage and say, guess what? Um, I want to be called what I want to be called. I want to be called him. I want to be called her. I want to be called they. Okay, we'll, we'll do our best. Not for Republicans. They can't, uh, they can't abide by that. You, it's their way or the highway. You're nothing. This is not about e pluribus unum. This is about they, them, me, myself, and I. The center of the universe is a very crowded place filled with these freaks, and they couldn't give a shit about anybody else but themselves. So, oh, I guess it's so funny. His personal pronouns are he, him, and that guy. Because, <laughs> you know, other people, human beings, who were born into this effing world who are um, expressing the courage to live an authentic life despite the likes of Carlos Garcia and his rich goddamn uh, benefactors who have him writing at the blaze. He can't even bother to write an article that doesn't suck. You think somebody, oh, uh, that's him, that's his version of pulling himself up by his bootstraps. But really what it is, is having everything handed to him because he is parroting the, the, the message of those who are the oppressors. 
So trust me, the Blaze and Breitbart and all the right-wing rags, the Diamond and Silks, the Tommy Lawrence, they don't have to go on there as I do and say become a patron because they got already they got patrons. They have the Mercer family. They have uh, the big billionaire benefactors funding them. Even though Carlos Garcia, you think he deserves to be writing for any newspaper or anything or, or, or any media outlet? After what I just read to you? And they think it's funny? Befuddle, many years befuddling editors with his writing. Well, it's okay because he's writing the right words. The right sentences are coming out of his mouth, meaning, I got mine. Sucks to be you. You know? Oh, well. we're you know, Forget e pluribus unum, that we're in this together. No, no. He's writing, so we remain at each other's throats. They don't have uh, the patriotism to say, oh, to your neighbor, oh, um, yes, my name is so-and-so. What's yours? Oh, you want to be called this? Okay. That's too hard for them. That's too much making a more perfect union. They don't know how to do that. So they can only destroy, obstruct, whine, complain. Well, in their position of power, they only, you know, if, if a billionaire asks them to call me by this pronoun or that or whatever, guess what? Yes, sir. Yes, my lady. Yes, my lord. You want me to call you? What do you, whatever you want me to call you. Zip, bam, boom, Zamboni, you got it. What else? Can I get you a cup of coffee while I'm at it? Can I rub your feet? Can I suck your, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, your uh, Mario card? Can I get you a porn star or two? You got a pregnant wife at home? I get it. Just had a baby? Oh, okay. Can we get you uh, a porn star in here? to service your small and an average Mario Kart looking penis. And I'll call you whatever you want to be called. Because it's not funny then, because you're rich. Not my fellow Americans. They're the uh, washed, the unhuddled, the, uh, the huddled masses, the unwashed poor. F them. They're the, uh, you know, grist for the mill. scumbags. I hate them. <laughs> That's why I'm reading this article. It's like, what? I'm, I think I can't. Uh, something wrong with me. What? Why am I reading it like this? But it's no, he can't write. This person cannot write. Why? How? 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 This is... Hello, people. This is what we're up against. They can't write. They can't govern. They can't. They don't need to be able to. It's their privilege. They can do whatever they want. We have to be 
better. We have to know everything. They, oh, you know, oh, okay, uh, you're a con man with a fake university, six bankruptcies, three wives, uh, you know, and a pension for sexual assault uh, and dictator envy. Sure, sure. What what do you, uh, anything, anything for you. Here, here, here's my party. Here's, take this, whatever was, whatever dignity and decency, whatever shred of integrity was left of this party. It's yours, my lord. As long as you get rid of that damn democracy, that pesky, annoying democracy, when people vote, yuck. It's just like the French Revolution. Oh, what's next? The terror? Yeah, the terror of having a decent middle-class life that works for all, not just Jeff Bezos and freaking Mark Zuckerberg. Could you imagine? Oh, the humanity. Oh, my God. How do I keep going? I have no idea. <sighs> what was I even saying? Oh, yes. Oh, we were talking about that. Because this is what he's writing about. Here, Gomart begins to knock his ring against the table. Here, Gomart begins to knock his ring against the table. Learn how to write. Well, that's... I don't want to go into it again. After about a minute, Rep. Hank Johnson, D from G, Orja, asked for Gomert to be stopped by force. Well, let's just play it. It is probably the most annoying thing I've ever seen on top of everything else that comes out of the Republican Party. But it's pretty fascinating. And it's also annoying because... You know what? Jerry Nadler... Are you kidding me? Really? Here we go. In American history, and he has hinted repeatedly that indictments are likely. This conduct is a textbook violation of Justice Manual Rule so 1-7.400, which bars public comment on criminal investigations before charges are filed. Here, though, the wrong is much worse, as Barr is using a criminal investigation to produce fodder for the president's campaign propaganda mill which can have its effect even though it is false. Listen, this here he conduct goes. in particular gives cause for great concern about what That's Barr may do next. Just one, one, another 30 seconds. That's not in a woodpecker. In closing, it hear. needs to be said that That's Bill Barr Louis does Gomer. regularly lie in ways that impact official action. Along with his continuing media project to make Americans believe that the FBI conspired against Donald Trump, his statements about the Mueller report, Jeffrey Berman's supposed resignation, and Barr's own role in the events in Lafayette Park wow. come quickly to mind. So does his practice of regularly shrouding himself in the rhetoric and trappings of the rule of law, Can you even as he desecrates him? and undermines the institutions that make it possible. But to me, Barr's crowning dishonesty Gentlemen's is the portrait of Edward Levy that a recent New York Times article showed hanging on the wall of his conference room as though the current incumbent regular, had regular anything. Order, regular order, the witness will conclude. Regular order is right. We're way beyond regular order. The witness will continue. Can I have one more sentence here? By all means. Okay. 
But to me, Barr's crowning I'm dishonesty real. is the portrait of Edward Levy that a Mr. recent Chairman, I would New York ask Times that, they, uh, that the sergeant at arms Witness be called good. upon to stop the disruption of this meeting. I can't hear this witness. This is a very important witness. Yeah, witness well, he's way beyond the chair. Yeah. Has and if the there are no rules about when people can the authority, talk, there's no not. rules about when you can make noise. The gentleman makes it. Johnny can eat his ice cream for breakfast as I can too. No rules. If you're going to do this, I'm going to do this. Nyam, 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 nyam. These people are beyond. They don't have. They have, they they have nothing. They bring nothing to the table, except unqualified goddamn flunkies who are destroying this country, and that's their point. Knocking on the table like a child, you know. And I blame Jerry Nadler too. Why did he not sh- shut him the fuck up immediately with with force and without apology? What is this? He had to wait for another representative to step in and say, excuse me, can you ask that fucking giant child to stop banging the table? Like a stupid, uh, out-of-control idiot? That's a good point, and the chair will enforce the five-minute rule. Witness will proceed. You didn't um, let us talk. Now we're going to bang. Well, there's no... He's not even listening to what the guy is saying. He's just banging the table and saying, well, he's over his time. And he's insulting. He's telling the truth about the criminal goddamn Donald Trump and his goddamn criminal goddamn so-called administration that is inflicted on this country despite receiving fewer votes. And what is Jerry Nadler doing? Do you ever, ever have a goddamn spine? Shut him up. Why? Why do Democrats act all constantly like they are, um, I don't know, they're not on the right side of history or something? I have no idea. Have the courage to shut that idiot up, that marble mouth moron who is a lickspittle of a con man, and there's such danger to democracy. You hear Jerry Nadler talking about how, uh, how disturbing it all is and whatnot. Well, fight. Fight. Have the courage to fight these people, like, you know, with the passion that you need. Jesus Christ. The witness will continue. Mr. Chairman, this is outrageous. Do you have no respect for the rules whatsoever? The witness will conclude. And they're all, you see what's going on. They're all performing for Trump. That's it. Uh, nobody's wearing their mask. You know, Louis Gohmert and Jim Jordan and Doug Collins, they just they just wear it around their necks now because Nancy Pelosi made them wear masks in the halls. But Twitler doesn't like them wearing masks. And it doesn't matter if the coronavirus cases are going through the roof in their hometowns. More people die, the better. Less 
Social Security recipients. Less people they got to worry about. Because Gomer's not worried about them people. He's worried about Jeff Bezos and those who pay, who pay, you know, pay him. Those who bring them to the dance. They don't work. Louis Gomer doesn't work for his idiots. He needs their votes. That's why he sucks Twitler's taint. Like it's a goddamn sugary ice cream cone. No, but they don't work for the people. Otherwise, they would care. They would not... Uh, they would tell their people the appropriate uh, things to do to not die from coronavirus instead of walking around like they're immune. And God help us, please, coronavirus, get them. Get them. Get rid of them for us. Thank you. And I don't mean they have to die. No. Uh, just give them, uh, let them, let them get sick. Maybe they'll come too. Maybe they'll see the light. Because that's how Republicans roll. They don't see the light unless something affects them directly. So maybe they need a nice wake-up call. He's two minutes beyond concluding, and you don't let us... What did he say, Louie? What did he say? He wouldn't know, because he's not listening. It doesn't matter who Twitler is corrupted by and is doing the business of... And it's not the American people that he's handing Putin everything on his wish list. That he has a penchant for falling in love with autocrats. That doesn't matter to Louis Gomer, because Louis Gomer's in love with autocrats too. They got a lot of dollar, a lot of zeros after their names in the bank account. Not that you matter to him. You got zeros? Maybe. If you're just a worker, you're nothing but a dupe. Fuck you. Die. Oh, you need health care? You need living wages? Oh, well. You want to vote? <laughs> you want to vote safely? Ha, ha, ha. Joke's on you. Don't worry. They're getting rid of democracy once and for all. Trust me. What's happening? They're already setting it up. Twitler is already setting it up that he will not be leaving office when he loses. He's setting it up that he has, it's been a, a fraudulent election. That's what he's trying to, he's already laying the groundwork. Oh, everybody voted by mail. Millions of illegals voted. And it's all, um, it's all fraudulent. This is the end of the American Republic. How much longer? Are we going to let it happen? I don't know. I won't let it. I mean, I, I do my part. I'm trying to get the word out and to grow the show so everyone, you know, a lot of us have are armed with the facts on the right side of history and are, you know, it's also about giving each other permission and coming together as a group to, I don't know, to get the strength we need to go on and to fight and to never give up. 
and to give ourselves the permission to take back patriotism, to understand that we are the patriots, not them. We're the ones fighting for freedom, not them. We're fighting against them. We're fighting for a great country, not them. One that works for all. That kind of time, you gabble down immediately. You're being grossly unfair. This man oh, has a written so unfair to and them. He knew to cut it to five minutes. He couldn't do it. Either we have rules or we don't. The gentleman will suspend. The witness will conclude. Thank you. The gentleman will suspend. Bring a book. Then in we closing, can it needs noise. to be said that Bill Barr does regularly lie in ways that, that impact official action. Mr. Chairman, there's not order in the room. There's a, a banging. No, there's certainly not. Why doesn't he stop that fucking fool? Get the sergeant of arms. And the other representatives are jumping in like, what the hell, chairman? He just lets him go on. Mr. Chairman, would you have Gene Krupa removed? The gentleman, the gentleman, the witness will conclude. That's what you said a while ago, and he didn't conclude. The gentleman will suspend. The witness will conclude. So the la I guess the last thing I want to sum up with, I've said all the rest of this, but the last point I'd like to make is that I think his crowning dishonesty in the face of what he is doing to the Justice Department is the picture that I saw in the New York Times a few weeks ago, a, a portrait of Edward Levy on the wall of his conference room, as though the current incumbent has anything but disdain for the beliefs and achievements of his predecessor. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Mr. Chairman, I have a uh, parliamentary inquiry. Gentleman will state his parliamentary inquiry. Is it not appropriate for the chair to exercise discretion in extending the five-minute rule as the chair sees fit? It certainly, <laughs> it certainly is appropriate. And is, uh, it is it authorized under the rules of this committee? It certainly is authorized under the rules well, of this well, committee. Well, then uh, cannot the chair call in the sergeant-at-arms to maintain order when a member of this hmm? panel We'll move on to the next witness. Yeah. Parliamentary yeah, inquiry, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Elias. Parliamentary inquiry, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Elias. Parliamentary inquiry, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Elias. Parliamentary point of order, Mr. Chairman. There is no point of order. How do you know? I've not said one. Here we go again. The, the gentleman is completely out of order, Mr. Chairman. The gentleman will state his point of order. This is point so order is, is according to the House rules, it cannot, a House chairman cannot capriciously determine the five-minute rule at the whim of what he wants. It has to be fairly and appropriately applied. That is the period of the House rules, and that is not what has happened. You, you we are applying the five-minute rule as provided by the House rules. That's, the, so you're ruling on my point of order? The gentleman has not stated the point of order. I did say the point of order. I stated the point of order is the rules are being violated by a capricious chairman who is not following the rules of the House by arbitrarily deciding when the five-minute rule will be applied and when it will not be applied. You have not wow. stated a cognizable point of order. The chairman. Do you think any of them would ask a question about Twitler's criminal behavior? Nah. It's all about banging on the desk. Who's got five minutes? He went over his time. You're unfair. 
oh, we're so treated so poorly. Uh, it's a, this is a big crime against our dim Fuhrer and our dim leader. That goes to show you who they are. And we, I've been saying it for years. Republicans are unfit to hold leadership positions in a modern nation. They are the enemies that the, that the founders warned us about. And while we were talking, I wanted to play this. I, I don't know. Any, I'm looking at this for the first time, too. On as I was as we were watching that segment, something called uh, well, the the phrase the phrase Florida woman is trending on Twitter, and it's and I just saw the explanation. It said this angry Florida woman argued today against the mask mandate while bringing up the devil, five G, Bill Gates, Hillary Clinton, pedophiles, and the deep state. Holy shit. Let's watch it together. Not whoa, 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 whoa. You literally cannot make Whoa, 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 sorry. It's loud. Mandate somebody. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry, guys. It's just like blasting in my ears. Mandate somebody to wear a mask knowing that that mask is killing people. It literally is killing people. And my, the people, we the people, are waking up. And we know what citizen's arrest is. Because citizen's arrests are already happening, okay? And every single one of you that are obeying the devil's laws are going to be arrested. And you, <laughs> doctor, are going to be arrested for crimes against humanity. Every single one of you have a smirk behind that little wow. mask. But every single one of you are going to get punished by God. You cannot, you cannot escape God. You cannot escape God. I'm going to say that again. You cannot escape God, not even with the mask or six feet. Okay, six wow. feet, like I said before, is military protocol. You're trying to get the people to train them, so when the the cameras, the 5G comes out, what? They're they're gonna they're gonna scan everybody. We got to get scanned. We got to get temperatured. The kids have to go to school with masks. Are you insane? Are you crazy? Wow. I think coronavirus. Be in a where are you? Right the heck now, because none of you. None of you know what the hell you are all talking about. This is insane. And then you want to open this meeting with a prayer to God. Are you praying to the devil? Because God is not listening to that prayer. Because all of you are practicing the devil's laws. What happened to Bill Gates? Why is he not in jail? Why is Hillary Clinton not in jail? Why are all of, all of these pedophiles that are demanding you all to, oh, to listen wow. to their rules? Why are they not in jail? Oh, is it because you're part of them? Thank are you, you part of the deep your state? Time has the deep state is going down. And if any of you are morning. in the deep state, you're going down with it. Wow. You know what's going down? This country. That's. Thank you. Okay. Let me roll it back a little. Thank you, Bill Clinton. I don't mean to sound like the Florida woman, but thank you, Bill Clinton, for deregulating the media and giving us these silos of information where we created a freak like that. She's clearly a Fox News, well, an ONN, whatever, One American News Network victim. And that was created because Bill Clinton 
signed the Telecommunications Act, and uh, Ronald Reagan rolled back the Fairness Doctrine, deregulating media. Well, it was the Republicans and the DLC Democrats put the nail in the coffin of a free and independent press. Now we are have we have um, the American people having consuming news from organizations that consider the, their news operation to be a profit-making venture rather than the public service it was considered in prior, prior to deregulation. And stuff, that's the cats. I don't know what they just knocked over, but stuff like the deregulating of the media gave us Rush Limbaugh. It gave us Glenn Beck. Fox News. So a woman like that, she will never be exposed to the truth. So I don't know what the F she's talking about, but this is not funny, really. It's alarming because there's a lot of people that think like this. 5G, Bill Gates, Hillary Clinton, and the pedophiles in the deep state. So on the right wing... You know, Bill Gates is up to some kind of conspiracy with 5G. I don't know. I don't hear about this because I don't live in a, in a sewer. But it is, if on the right wing, it's common knowledge to them. He's the voodoo of all the COVID conspiracies, apparently, is that, Let's see. If anything kills over 10 million people in the next decade, it is going to be a highly infectious virus rather than war, Bill Gates tells the audience. His prescient words picked up some coverage at the time, including on the BBC, but largely went unheeded until now. The video of this talk has been viewed more than 64 million times with many people more interested in the reasons behind the speech than the talk itself. Some accuse him of leading a class of global elites. Other, others believe he is leading efforts to depopulate the world. Still, more accuse him of making vaccines mandatory or even attempting to implant microchips into people. There are a myriad conspiracies surrounding Bill Gates, says Rory Smith from Fact Checkers First Draft News. He is the kind of voodoo doll that these communities are pricking with their own conspiracies. And it is unsurprising he has become this voodoo doll because he has always been the face of public health. Theories falsely linking Bill Gates to the coronavirus were mentioned 1.2 million times on a televised or social on television or social media between February and April according to a study by the New York Times. Much of the content is posted to public Facebook groups from where it is shared a million times. First Draft News also found that the Chinese viral video site TikTok is becoming a new home for such conspiracies. The BBC's anti-disinformation team has been researching some of the more outlandish ones, they include claims that Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has tested the vaccine on children in Africa and India, leading to thousands of deaths and irreversible injuries. One post even suggested he is facing trial in India. 
He's accused of rolling out a tenuous, oh, a tetanus vaccine in Kenya that includes abortion drugs. Well, we knew that was going to be merged in there. Abortions and was was should there be aliens in there too, or the moon landing, or the a bogus moon landing, I should say. Meanwhile, a video. Oh yeah, uh, here we go. Uh, a video accusing Gates of wanting to microchip people has garnered nearly two million views. So, how did the founder of Microsoft, who has poured billions into global healthcare, from philanthropic foundation he runs with his wife Melania, become Melania, <laughs> Melinda, <laughs> become the bogeyman of COVID nineteen conspiracy theories? Professor Joseph Uskensky, a political scientist at the University of Miami and author of books on conspiracy theories believes it is simply because he is rich and famous. Conspiracy theories are about accusing powerful people of doing terrible things. The theories are basically the same. The names change. Before Bill Gates, it was George Soros. Well, it's still George Soros. And the Koch brothers and the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers, which it was. Doesn't mean some of the conspiracies ain't true. Like the Rockefeller, was it the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers who they tried to get Smedley Butler to um, kidnap FDR and overthrow the United States? It's true. He went to Congress and exposed the plot. It was called the business plot against FDR. That is true. I don't know why anybody never made a movie about that or something. That would be a good movie. We don't hear about that, though. Where is everybody? Are you still here? Oh, you are. Look at you. No super chats, though, but that's okay. <laughs> or not. Uh, let's see. Example, Bill and Mil Melinda Gates Foundation did fund a study conducted by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology last year that looked into the possibility of storing a patient's vaccination history in a pattern of dye. It would be invisible to the naked eye and could be delivered under the skin at the same time as a vaccine. It is difficult to ascertain the root of conspiracy theories, but it's thought the Internet is making them spread further. Of course. Before the Internet, they were self-contained and existed in only their own echo chambers or bubbles within certain communities, but the Internet allows them to travel across political lines between communities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That woman. And we're all supposed to sit there. This is the other thing. And we're supposed to sit there and listen to the ramblings of that lady talk about Hillary Clinton, 5G, Bill Gates, God is coming for you. You're praying to the devil. Masks are from the devil. And we just got to let her, just let her ramble as if she has something legitimate to say. She's clearly not in her right mind. And... This is, I mean, I guess it's freedom of speech. She has the right to, but don't you understand that it's another reason why we have to fund public health systems? So somebody like that 
can get the help they goddamn desperately need. And I'm sure whoever she hangs out with, they're all watching Fox News and One America News Network, and they're all um, bouncing these crazy ideas off each other. And nobody, is there someone in her circle that can say, honey, you need help? This is outrageous. That, uh, it's pretty scary. Because they're also, she's not, she wasn't um, calm either. She's out of her mind. She's upset. And that's the other thing that I can't stand about de- uh, Democrats. I just read something online. It said Democrats in New York, blah, blah, blah. And uh, about Republicans, well, conservatives. I hate the conservatives in the Democratic Party, too. Is that, but, 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 they don't do this, at least. They do not do what I'm going to describe now. They don't tickle the mental illness of people who really need to get help. That's how you know that the Republican Party is working at, at odds with the American experiment and the, and the American people, that they hate the American people because they not only tickle racist funny bones, and that's a sickness in itself, but they tickle the mental illnesses of people. And they make it, uh, they, they make it, uh, they make it impossible for these people who are mentally challenged or, paranoid to begin with are living on the edge mentally to begin with they make it impossible for these people to have a calm productive serene happy existence does this woman look happy to you when she's screaming at the at at the uh i don't know who she's talking to the the county commissioner's workshop. She's out of her effing mind. But that's what the Republicans have wrought on this country. This is what they've done to us. This poor girl. She's a young person, too. How sad. This is how she spends her time. Screaming like an idiot about conspiracy theories about Hillary Clinton and pedophiles and the deep state. Of course, someone, uh, the deep state, she gets it right from Twitler's mouth, the deep state. There must be a deep state. The president, the so-called president of the United States, talks about it. He warns us about it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's listen to see. Here's... Let's see. This is a CNN report about that. Let's see what they say. In Florida's Palm Beach County, anger erupted after a unanimous vote to make masks mandatory. This turned downright ugly. Here, Here was the scene. You literally cannot mandate somebody to wear a mask knowing that that mask is killing people. It literally is killing people. And it my is? people, we the people, are waking up and we know what citizens' arrest is because citizens' arrests are already happening. 
okay? And every single one of you that are obeying the devil's laws are going to be arrested. And you, doctor, are going to be arrested for crimes against humanity. The problem with humanity today is ignorance, arrogance, and apathy. Keep taking the road of least resistance. Keep listening to the TV brainwashing you from birth. And they want to throw God's wonderful breathing system out the door. You're all turning your backs on it. What? Sir, I really have many question marks about your degrees and what you really know. I'm sorry, ma'am, but I don't think that you are worthy of your credentials. And I would ask suggestively that you go back to school and get <laughs> educated. What? So masks are one of the best ways to stop the spread of coronavirus. That is proven. These but people. this explosive meeting shows just how politicized they have become. Dr. Sam Fami. What? That's because we have a bunch of criminals squatting in the White House. We have a bunch of enablers enabling the criminal squatting in the White House and a system of propaganda that has been unleashed on this sad, broken-ass system and the dumb, dumb people who are struggling on the wrong side of Reaganomics and they, uh, you know, the whole thing needs to be reformed. While, I mean... It's the craziest rant in the world that wearing a mask in the middle of a pandemic is killing them. It's every day is opposite day. No, honey, the masks aren't killing you. Not wearing the mask. You will not only... It's really for other people, so you don't kill other people as well. Wow, we are living in a in a in an armed madhouse. And speaking of, every day is opposite day. It is the truth. So Twitler went to Arizona and he spoke at this this Hitler Youth Nuremberg rally, Twitler Youth. And let's just play some of it. And speaking of opposite day because this Reagan Escalude or whatever, this one of these girls, uh young girl, she's a young girl. She Recently, she put this rant on Instagram against Black Lives Matter. She ended up losing her job, but she says that all she was doing was speaking about Jesus. So in their sick world, up is down, right is wrong. They know everything, um, and we're all misinformed and uh, trying to cancel them, but... Here's Twitler. Let's just listen to Charlie Kirk, who is who introduced Twitler. Not looks like a packed house to me, huh? Can you believe how pathetic they are? They have now. Twitler's right off. He's right on the side of the stage, so he hears. He, can you believe what a packed house this is? They have to jerk him off before he can come on. It's yeah. How many seats are in there? They still. Uh, we'll never hear the end of it. Just like we've never heard the end of Twitler's inauguration crowd or the night of his electoral college win. 
which was the slightest Electoral College win in over 100 years. But according to him, it was the greatest Electoral College landslide in American history, as if that effing matters. You still received fewer votes by the greatest, widest margin in American history. But, you know, that's beside the point. Is this a crowd or not? No, it's not a crowd. It's a it's a bunch of brown shirts, basically. It's well, fuck him. Here's Twitler. Oh, whatever. Of course, they play proud to be an American. Ugh. Ugh. He looks like but I'm shit too. To be in Arizona with thousands of patriotic young Americans who stand up tall for America and refuse to kneel to the radical left. That's true. That's true. There is something going on. You feel it, right? You feel the spirit? Ugh. You know, I the feel other something. night, hey. a speech I made on Saturday night in a very good place, and we had a great evening, and the ratings came out. You saw that on television. It was the number one show in Fox history for Saturday night. Who cares? You tiny little Rating. dictator. For them, it's all about the rating. Yeah, not, not just for them. The other folks back not, for not for MSDNC. him. Not for me. Not for him. I know they're very happy. No, no, they're very happy to see that Fox had the number one show. This is the number one show in the history of Fox News. That's pretty good. Saturday night. Okay. Let us also show our That's what he's harping on. We have over 2 million cases of coronavirus. 120,000 Americans dead in 2 months. 40 million Americans out of work and this fucker is concerned about Fox News ratings. This country is screwed. Guys, it is I get to a point where I'm like, I got to get out of here. Come on. Are we insane? How much longer are we going to take this? Appreciation to my good friend, Charlie. I'll tell you, Charlie is some piece of work. <laughs> Who is mobilizing a new generation of pro-American student no, activists. No, America haters. Are and really smart. And you'll be up here someday. Somebody in that Look audience. How gross he is. Sweaty, right orange. Here, who are tough and smart and determined and truly unstoppable. You are. I want to thank also Kimberly and I want to thank my son. Boy, I watched my son. I got here. Wow. I said, what's this? Wow. All He's good. And people like him. People like him a lot. To everyone here today. I don't like them, but people like them. Across our country, thank you for bravely defending our nation, our values, and our great American heroes. Yeah, what? Like the heroes who committed treason against the great American heroes. These fucking people. Opposite day. Get them out of this country. Honestly, how much longer are we going to take it? They are traitors. Call it what it is. The goddamn Republican Party is irredeemable. Look at their standard bearer. They are venerating traitors. 
our great American heroes? You call people heroes who took up arms against this government and wanted to break up this country because they wanted to own human beings? That's your great American heroes. Well, they're not American. They are confederate. A country they were trying to make so they could keep slavery intact. You filthy, disgusting, KKK-loving acolyte of, a, of greed, avarice, indifference, de- indecency. Uh-oh, I'm getting distracted. Disgusting. What? Somebody do something, please. God. How much longer? Honestly, that's why I do the show. Because I am trying. Fuck. What the fuck is going on? I'm getting a message that there's buffering on the on the stream. What the hell? YouTube is re- not receiving enough video to maintain smooth streaming as such viewers will experience buffering. Son of a bitch. Are you experiencing buffering? Uh, well, whatever. At this point, I guess we can wrap it up soon. Everything sucks. I'm so discouraged. So discouraged. So beaten by life. (laughs) I am so... I don't know. Whatever. (sighs) Let me just get to this bitch I was going to play. Never ends. President Trump and students for Trump. Let's keep America great. Yeah. Here's, okay, here we go. Let's let asshole introduce her. You conduct yourselves with honor, integrity, and dignity because you know the truth, the facts, and the history all on your side. We're joined today Look by sweaty Reagan Escorta, a student. <laughs> he can't pronounce her name, of course. Not that I can, but Reagan Escada. He, you notice how he tries to play it up. Reagan Escada. You know the truth, the facts, and the history all on your side. We're joined today by Reagan Escada, a student at Northwestern State. University of Louisiana. God, it's Reagan became a target of liberal cancel culture when she dared to stand up for her Christian values instead of bowing to political correctness. She didn't just stand there and point at a Bible. Please say a few words, please. Please, please. This dumb bitch. Here she goes. Thank you, Mr. President, for being here today with all of us and for inviting me up here to tell of my experience with cancel culture. 
Um, my name is Reagan Escaday. I graduated from Northwestern State University of Louisiana in 2019, and I started my first job at a small private insurance company in Louisiana. Um, a few weeks ago, amidst all this chaos that we're seeing with the Black Lives Matter movement, I made a video on my Instagram, and I talked about how disappointed I am in the church's reaction to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I've seen pastors call for white congregants to kneel. Oh my God. And to apologize. What? And to apologize for the skin that God gave them. Mm, talk about missing the point. No, that's not what they're saying. Apologize for being, you all kneel and apologize for being white. No, dumb bitch. This girl, I don't know how old she is. She's obviously in her early 20s. She's an idiot. She hasn't read a book. She thinks she is the arbiter of truth. She thinks Jesus is uh, speaking through her. She doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. She, Just like all the other Republican heroes, she's a sophomoric, willfully ignorant, arrogant... Um. I don't know, agent of oligarchy? She, uh, who is advocating for everything that she pretends to be against? She thinks she's talking about freedom? No, it's the freedom as she sees fit. She doesn't understand freedom. She's homophobic. Of course, she doesn't understand what it means, what Black Lives Matter means. She's clueless. She's racist. She's privileged. And she sees the world through her own, unless she's looking in a mirror, that's as far as it goes. She's another one in the center of the universe. And she's a victim now, another one, another Megan McCain, a professional victim. They're all victims. Everybody else is victimizing them. Those who want a seat at the table are victimizing those already at the table. Poor them. This is the message that they have. They're the victims. Not that she could ever imagine what it's like not to be this white, privileged little bitch who doesn't have a grasp of history, much less reality, that can put herself in the shoes of anybody else and if they don't worship her Jesus, the way she says that they are have to worship the him. God. And I, and I addressed these evangelical pastors and leaders and, and reminded them that Racism is a problem in the heart. It is a sin problem that cannot be resolved by any law, protest, or march. Yeah, so why bother? That's what, uh, how about racism, uh, how about a war? It, it wasn't solved in the heart. We had to mobilize. And 600,000 human souls had to go to their cold early graves. Because the southern... The uh, the rich Southerners didn't want to let go of their human property. They couldn't see it in their heart to let it go. Oh, it's not. Oh, let's all uh, 
and this is what Republicans think. It is their motto really is the beatings will continue until morale improves. If you all accept the world as they see it and how they delegate it in a strict hierarchy, if you don't see it the way they see it, worship their Jesus, know your place. If you, it doesn't matter. If you're somebody who doesn't have a seat at the table, it doesn't matter what you do. If you're someone who has darker pigment, if you take a knee, that's not appropriate. If you rally, that's not appropriate. If you finally have had enough and you go out in the street after curfew, that's not appropriate. No matter what you do, it will never be appropriate for them. So they're the victims. And wait, it gets better. And, and by that, I, I mean it gets worse. <laughs> what a victim. And so, of course, my leftist followers didn't appreciate this message at all. Um, I had my name blasted mm. all over social media. And um, people told me, you know, I'm ashamed to have ever called you my friend. I've lost oh all God. respect for you. <laughs> I love y'all. <laughs> and so an ex-coworker of mine made a post on Facebook about me calling me racist and homophobic. And she listed my place of employment are. and called for people to call my employer and have me fired. There were death threats made to the owners. I want to um, see those death threats. I, I, wait, wait. You, I, I hit the it, you never get to see the death threats. This is the problem. I got death threats. Okay, show us. Let's listen to them. I don't see them. I don't know. I'm sure they weren't death threats. That's why. Death threats? We always hear. This is the thing with right-wingers. We always hear how many death threats they get. But I never see them. Or hear them. I don't know. And he will always make his name known. Oh, wait a minute. I went too far. <laughs> and so an ex-coworker of mine made a post on Facebook about me calling me racist and homophobic. And she listed my place of employment and called for people to call my employer and have me fired. There were death threats made to the owners. Um, there were Bullshit. threats to knock down the building. Law enforcement had to get involved. Bullshit. And due to the crazy reaction from the leftist mob, my employer told me that they came to the conclusion that they needed to terminate my employment. She was canceled. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Is a small price to pay when God's name is being glorified. You really got a sick God. And he will all. What a God. A divisive, homophobic, tiny little God that is worried about your little job while the whole world is burning down, while people are dying from despair in the country. Yeah, the leftist mob, Terry on the chat. What leftist mob? I never see the receipts there. I want to hear the death threats. I would agree. I want to, I mean, not with the death threats, but I'd be like, yeah, that's fucked up. But we never hear them. 
That's why I'm highly suspicious. These are whiners, liars. They are prolific liars. I want to hear it. I want to see. If that was the case, I would probably agree. Oh, that's, that's pretty messed up. A death threat? Okay. No, because they don't exist. Her employer got death threats? Where? Show me the tweets. Show me the the um so supposed calls to tear down the building. I doubt it. And if that's the case, if she was so innocent and the corporation did a they had to do an investigation. Apparently, I don't know where she worked, but uh, the corporation did an investigation on her what she posted or whatever. If they didn't find it offensive, they would get themselves in more trouble firing her. She's a she's full of shit. That's why. They if they she was just saying I love Jesus. You know, Black Lives Matter, find Jesus. Like I found Jesus. And maybe uh, you'd feel better like I feel better. Because I'm on top of the world looking down at creation and nobody else has the right to feel anything else. So find Jesus. They wouldn't have fired her if she just said, I believe in Jesus. And I think that if you're in the Black Lives Matter movement, instead of going on a protest, why don't you find Jesus too? Maybe you'll be happier. I, I'm uh, proselytizing. No, it's because she's a homophobe. She hides behind her Jesus. The G, just like the black, the, the sprinkled in their black uh, Trump cultists are their human shields. They use, you know, diamond and silk as a human shield or Ben Carson as a human shield for their bigotry or the, or the whatever, I don't know, there's C.J. Pearson, another human shield for their bigotry. You know, she uses Jesus. They do it all the time. They use Jesus as a human shield for their bigotry, their hatred, their homophobia. What a tiny little God they have. Really. Jesus, this socialist hippie who walked around the desert with a bunch of men telling people to love their neighbor, hanging out with prostitutes and a couple of, and 12 men. Telling people that to turn the other cheek, you know, giving out free health care. Never said a word about gays. Not one word, except there was a story in the Bible about Jesus healing. Let's see. Jesus healing the gay lover of a Roman centurion. Well, I'm saying lover. I'll get that story in a minute. Right now, you can think about becoming a patron <laughs> at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Just, yeah, do it. Do it now. Okay. You won't hear this on 
MSNBC. Yeah. There's a story about at the, let's see, let me, I'll go back to this in a minute. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right, at the end of, let's see, a key question in all this is whether the text in question supports, they're talking about the Bible, John's position. John cites the sober German scholar Gerd Theusen, who pointed out long ago that the word Entimos, highly prized, quote-unquote, is used to describe the value of a servant to the centurion in Luke 7. What is that? 7.2 would have been understood by any Jew to mean that the slave was the centurion's gay lover. Yes. First, let me see. I can find another a concise take on this. Jesus praised a gay centurion in the Roman army as a model of faith and healed his male lover in the Gospels, according to some Bible experts. The soldier is highlighted here today on March 15th for the feast of the, of the day of Longinus, the centurion at the crucifixion of Jesus. This is from an article from QSpirit.com by Kittrich Cherry in March of this year. Both Matthew 8, 5 to 13 and Luke 7, 1 to 10 tell how a centurion asked Jesus to heal the young man referred to in Greek as his pias, P-A-I-S. The word was commonly used for the younger partner in a same-sex relationship. It is usually translated as a boy, a servant, or a slave. In recent years, progressive Bible scholars have concluded that the centurion was in a homosexual relationship with the slave who was dear to him in the gospel story. Jesus was willing to go into the centurion's house to heal his lover, but the centurion stopped him saying, Sir, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I, myself, am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell one to go, and he goes. I tell another to come, and he comes. I tell my servant to do something, and he does it. During the coronavirus pandemic, this long-distance method might be called social distancing. Jesus saw it as an act of great faith. Jesus marveled and told the crowd around him, Not even in Israel have I found such faith. To the centurions, he said, go, be it done for you as I, as you have believed. And his boyfriend was healed at the moment. While the faithful centurion himself is rarely mentioned, his words live on in a prayer used by many Catholic and Protestant liturgies. For example, the prayer immediately before communion at Catholic Mass paraphrases his words, Lord, I am not worthy to receive you under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. The centurion story can affirm LGBT people. Scholars believe that the boy was the centurion's sex partner, not only due to the word peas, but also because it is unlikely that a soldier would care 
for such an ordinary slave. It was common for Greco-Roman culture for mature men to pair up to pair up with younger men and his lover in Erastes Irmones, a pederastic sexual relationship. This interpretation is promoted by LGBT-friendly churches, such as the world, uh, such as WouldJesusDiscriminate.org, on billboards stating that Jesus affirmed a gay couple. For more info, see uh, my previous post on how gay-friendly Jesus was. Scholars also note that any relationship between an adult soldier and his boy or slave is inherently asymmetrical or not of mutual equality. Well, that's true. Uh, Zeichmann, New Testament instructor of the University of Toronto, writes about it as a text of queer terror. The centurion story has gotten surprisingly little attention throughout history, considering that Jesus himself was impressed by his faith. But the Roman soldier has always been an unlikely role model. Jesus' contemporaries were probably shocked that the great healer would praise a military man who enforced Roman occupation of their land. Today, people may find the centurion unappealing because he may have been queer or a slave owner or both. It was just like Jesus to take someone disreputable and praise them as holy. That's very true. Artists have also tended to overlook overlook the gay centurion story. Vintage Bible books are a good place to find images of the centurion asking Jesus to heal his servant. Some contemporary LGBT artists are also presenting the scene. Gay New Zealand artist Christopher Alwage pictures the centurion and his payas with Jesus at the cross. The scene is framed as by a male couple, the centurion on the left and the man who was dear to him on the right. Well, there you go. It don't matter. They see what they want to see. Hello, Patricia. Welcome to the chat. I haven't said hello to the chat in a while. So let's say hi, Patricia and Els and Paradu and hello, Richard. Hi, hi, Koo. Hi, Els. Hi, Mark. Hello, Jim and Ed. And thank you, Stephen Lee, for the super chat. Very much appreciated. Resist, evolve. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Terry Taylor. Covert White Rabbit. Welcome, welcome. Mark C. Stephen, Stephen G, hello, Ed the First, oh, hi, Jim, again, another super chat, oh, my God, Patricia, another super chat with a rainbow, thank you, thank you, Terry, thank you, Mark, thank you, everybody, Sin City, thank you, I know, it is Romper Room. It's nice, though. It's nice to say hi. I need to get a, a song to say hello. Right? Instead of just saying hello, we need to be like... 
Patricia and Jim and Els 214 and Terry Taylor, Patricia, Els, Jim and Haku and Jim and Patricia and Richard W. Moxie, Jim at the first end. We like to say hello to Terry Taylor. And hello to a Resist Evolve. And you better resist, evolve, or you better listen. Resist and evolve. And L's 214 and Steve Grossman and Jim and Robin. And hello. Hello, Marxy. Hello, Covert White Rabbit. And hello, Haku. Ooh, ooh. And you got to keep coming back. Tara Buster every night and hopefully every day sometime soon. Jazz Hands is here in the house as well. Not just me, but on the chat. We got a good chat at youtube.com slash C slash RDT Daily Media. Come on down and hang out with Mark C on the chat. And Sin City. That's right. We have it all here. And it's only getting better with time. But we don't really have a lot of time, do we? That was just a short, a short little excursion into rapping. Because we are getting back to business. Let's get back to this. Please make his name known. But I share, I share this story with you. I share this story with you because what happened to me is, is just a small example of something that's happening on a much larger scale in our nation. Oh, brother. Aunt Jemima was canceled. And, and if you didn't know, Nancy... She's so upset by this. Before I continue, thank you, Richard, for your super chat. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Patricia. A lot of super chats coming in right now for the rap. All right. Thank you. Anyway, let's get back. She's so upset about Aunt Jemima. Listen to the voice cracking, the tears. Aunt Jemima. My beautiful Aunt Jemima was canceled. How could they do that to America? First, the Confederate flag, then Aunt Jemima. What's next? My swastika, my my sni- my uh, my sniper tattoo, my scout sniper SS badge. What's next? In the original first Aunt Jemima. Oh my God! Story with you because what happened. Is, is just a small example of something that's happening on a much larger scale in our nation. Aunt Jemima was canceled. And, and if you Ooh. didn't know, Nancy Green, the original first Aunt Jemima, she was a picture of the American dream. She was a freed slave who went on to be the face of the pancake syrup that we love and, and have in our pantries today. Um, she fought for equality. And now the leftist mob is trying to erase her legacy. 
And might I mention how privileged we are as a nation if our biggest concern is a bottle of pancake syrup? No, bitch. Your biggest concern is a bottle of pancake syrup. And I'm sorry, this is conservative bizarro world where a free and fair election of progressives in a Democratic primary is a reign of terror. And Aunt Jemima, a former slave that became a corporate brand mascot, epitomizes the American dream. Are you kidding me? No, the American dream is not former slaves becoming corporate, what, another form of indentured servitude? Uh, corporations profiting off of the, the image of a former slave? That's not the American dream. The American dream is you too, Reagan, can have a decent middle-class life. We all can. Oh, God. The American If that's what she thinks the American dream is, and how dare you? Put your own bullshit on us. If our biggest concern is a pancake syrup, then we got uh, we, we don't have any problems. No, honey, your biggest concern. You're the one who can't talk about it without your voice cracking. I was first me, now Aunt Jemima. I'm just like a former slave. I'm unable to be a homophobic bigot without being canceled. First they canceled slavery, then they canceled Aunt Jemima. What's next? Everyone having an equal opportunity or, or everyone being able to save $400? Or going to a doctor? What is this world coming to? That's not freedom. And they're all cheering, all the Hitler youth. And more recently, we're seeing a call for statues of Jesus Christ to be torn down. Ooh. No, bitch. Not statues of Jesus Christ being torn down. They're saying maybe they should be a more accurate depiction of Jesus Christ. Whatever, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to the Middle East or seen pictures, not a lot of long-haired, blue-eyed, white people walking around. Now, I'm Whoa. a little confused here, because last week Jesus was a social justice warrior, and this week he's, a, he's the face of white supremacy? Yes, you are a little confused. I agree with you there. He's a face of white supremacy? Yeah, you're a little confused. That is the most accurate thing you've ever said. I'm a little confused here. Cut. Period. End of sentence. Go home. Hang it up, bitch. Yes, you're a little confused. He's not the figure of white supremacy. You have taken him and turned him into that, just like the slave owners took him and used to tell their slaves... Right from the Bible, slaves obey your masters. Doesn't it say that in there? So doesn't that mean that Jesus is all for slavery? Not even Jesus spoke up against slavery. None of the great philosophers. 
no of no great uh, uh, the thinkers of our Western civilization, none of them question the morality of slavery, even the fake Jesus you pretend to worship, even your fake savior. Yeah, that's the truth. So you make him into whatever you make him into. And whether you like it or not, the truth hurts. So nobody's saying tear down Jesus statues. They're saying put up a real Jesus statue. Make it a more accurate depiction. Just because over the centuries, because of who is in power, the power structure, they painted images of Jesus. They never laid eyes on Jesus. But of course they painted him as a white dude with blue eyes. And, I mean, there are rumors, I don't know how accurate they are, that depictions of Jesus are actually the depictions of Cesare Borgia. Which, I don't know. How can you prove it? He does kind of look like him. But who knows? All the Renaissance painters and artists of the times, why not make him the image of Cesare Borgia? It wasn't Jesus. It was, how did you know what he looked like? Did it didn't describe, in fact, was Jesus described in the Bible? Let's see, I think it was described as having curly hair, actually. That won't stop uh, the white privileged power structure from rewriting it. Let's see. Yeah. In Revelation, the hair on his head was like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze. That doesn't sound like a white guy. But these people are freaks, though. That's the problem. It's like a couple of years ago, they found fossils or the the bones of, let me see, one of the earliest Britons, and they called him Cheddar Man. And so as science progresses... Everybody was interested in Cheddar. Oh, isn't this great? They found someone who... They found the... Uh, or they call him the earliest Briton. So they... As science progressed, they were able to put together a, um, a, de a depiction of what he looked like and what his skin looked like. And in fact, he was black. 10,000 years ago. But he did have blue eyes. That's the wrong picture. There we go. Cheddar Man. DNA. And then, well, you know what's so weird? Not weird, but disappointing, but not unexpected. That all the racists in Britain, 
and England and the UK, you know, that's very confusing to Donald Trump, I understand. It has three names. They went nuts. They couldn't take it. They were like, oh, this can't be true. Who, what are you talking about? Of course it's true. As you go further back, everyone was black. Everyone had darker skin. It's sort of like every fetus in the womb is female to a certain point. But female is the original blueprint. So a cutting-edge scientific analysis shows that a Briton from 10,000 years ago had dark brown skin and blue eyes. Researchers from London's Natural History Museum extracted DNA from Cheddar Man, Britain's oldest complete skeleton, which was discovered in 1903. The University College London team analyzed the genome, and the results were used for facial reconstruction. It's underlines, it underlines the fact that lighter skin characteristics of modern Europeans is a relatively recent phenomenon. No prehistoric Briton of his age had previously, uh, previously had their genome analyzed. As such, the analysis provides valuable new insights into the first people to resettle Britain after the last Ice Age. The analysis of Cheddarman's genome, the blueprint for a human, contained in the nuclei of our cells, will be published in a journal and will feature in an upcoming Channel 4 documentary, The First Brit, Secrets of the 10,000-Year-Old Man. Cheddarman's remains had been unearthed 115 years ago in Gao's Cave, located in Somerset's Cheddar Gorge. Subsequent examination showed that the man was short by today's standards, about 5 foot 5, and probably died in his early 20s. Professor Chris Stringer, the museum's research leader in the human origin, said that I've been studying the skeleton of Cheddar Man for about 40 years. So to come face to face with what this guy could have looked like and that striking combination of the hair, the face, the eye color, and that dark skin, something a few years ago we couldn't have imagined, and yet that's what the scientific data shows. Fractures on the surface of the skull suggest he may have met his demise in a violent manner. It's not known how he came to lie in the cave, but it is possible he was placed there by others in his tribe. The Natural History Museum researchers extracted the DNA from the part of the skull near the eye known as the petruis. At first, project scientists Professor Ian Barnes and Dr. Selena Brace weren't sure if they get any DNA at all from the remains, but they were in luck. Not only was DNA preserved, but Cheddar Man has since yielded the highest coverage, a measure, measure of the sequencing accuracy for a genome from this period of European prehistory, known as the Meso Mesolithic or Middle Stone Age. They teamed up with researchers at the University College of London to analyze the results including gene variants associated with hair, eye color, and skin color. They found the Stone Age Britain had dark hair, with a small probability that it was curlier than average, blue eyes, and skin that was probably dark brown or black in tone. 
The combination might appear striking to us today, but it was common. It was a common appearance in Western European in, in Western Europe during this period. Stephen Clark, director of the Channel 4 documentary, said, I think we all know we live in times where we are unusually preoccupied with skin pigmentation. And it's ridiculous, I add. Professor Mark Thomas, the geneticist from UCL, said it becomes a part of our understanding. I think that would be a much, much better thing. I think that it would be good if people lodge in their heads and it becomes a little part of their knowledge. Unsurprisingly, the findings have generated a lot of interest on social media. Cheddarman's genome reveals he was closely related to other Mesolithic individuals, so-called Western hunter-gatherers. Dutch artist Alphonse and Andre Kennis, specialists in paleontological model-making, took the genetic findings and combined them with the physical measurements from the scans of the skull. The research were strikingly lifelike. It's pretty amazing, though. Pale skin, this is interesting, probably arrived in Britain with a migration of people from the Middle East around 6,000 years ago. The population had pale skin and brown eyes and absorbed populations like the ones Cheddar Man belonged to. Hmm, that's interesting. No one's entirety, entirely sure why pale skin evolved in these farmers, but their cereal-based diet was probably deficient in vitamin D. This would have required agriculturalists to synthesize the essential nutrient in their skin using sunlight. Very interesting. It goes on and on. I can't read the whole thing. Because you'll be dropping out of here like you're... Lives depended upon it. What else is going on? Oh, yeah, let's finish with this lady. And Jimmy Kimmel has been calling our president racist for years, and it turns out he's the racist. Really? Did I miss something? What did Jimmy Kimmel do? Turns out he's the racist. No, I'm not racist. You're racist. Why don't you look at yourself? No, you look at yourself. No, why? Uh, let's hear this witness. No! I'm gonna knock on the table! I'm a two-year-old. How? What do you think about your criminal president? I'll challenge you to a wrestling match! This is where we live. We have morons. Oh, okay. I've missed this. Jimmy Kimmel offers lame apology for using blackface. Oh, my God. Racist videos of Jimmy Kimmel resurface online. Oh, my God. Well, that excuses everything that Republicans do then. Because a late-night host was also in the process of evolution, and now he's not a dick anymore. Multiple racist videos of comedian Jimmy Kimmel 
have resurfaced in recent days, including footage of him performing in blackface during old skits, as well as audio of him using the N-word multiple times in a song. Fox News reportedly unearthed the 1996 song called Christmas Time in LBC, in which Kimmel imitates Snoop Dogg and freely uses the N-word multiple times amid a slew of racist lyrics. On top of that, a video of him wearing blackface on The Man Show has also been unearthed. The comedian released a pretty weak and defensive apology to Entertainment Tonight, saying, I've been reluctant to address this as I knew doing so would be celebrated as a victory by those who equate apologies with weakness and cheer for leaders who use prejudice to divide us. That delay was a mistake. There is nothing more important to me than your respect, and I apologize to those who were genuinely hurt or offended by the makeup I wore or the words I spoke. He continued to explain and justify his impression of NBA player Carl Malone. On Q on uh, KROQ Radio in the mid-90s, I did a recurring impression of NBA player Carl Malone. In the late 90s, I continued impersonating Malone on TV. We hired makeup artists to make me look as much like Carl Malone as possible. I never considered that this might be seen as anything other than an imitation of a fellow human being, one that had no more to do with Carl's skin color than it did his bulging muscles and bald head. I've done dozens of impressions of famous people, including Snoop Dogg, Oprah, Eminem, Dick Vitale, Rosie, and many others. In each case, I thought of them as impersonations of celebrities, nothing more. Kimmel went on to say he's embarrassed over his actions, but that he refuses to be bullied into silence and claims he's evolved and matured over the last 20 years. He also said that, I know that this would not be the last I heard of this, and that it was used again to try and quiet me. I love this country too much to allow that. Kimmel's apology often uh, comes after fellow comedian and late-night host Jimmy Fallon apologized for appearing in blackface in an SNL skit, and after 30 Rock pulled all episodes of its show featuring blackface. I understand now that intent is not a free pass for white people to use these images. Tina Fey wrote in a statement, I apologize for the pain they caused. All right. What do you think? We move on. I don't know. I think this is what happens. So face it. And I doesn't. I don't think it's an excuse now. Oh, okay. This is another what about ism. Well, now we all found out that Jimmy Kimmel is a racist. Yeah, we all have our racist baggage that we carry. This is the nature of being an American of being a human being, and we're all in a process of self-reflection. And we all fall short. So, that doesn't mean he's not right, that he hasn't evolved. The fact is, that doesn't give conservatives an excuse, or uh, as much as they want. They need this. They point to Jimmy Kimmel. They use their whataboutism, which is right out of the fascist playbook. To look at Jimmy Kimmel, how he is evolving. Oh, he apologized. But they use Jimmy Kimmel's past behavior not to apologize, but to 
insist that they don't have to evolve. So there's the difference. Using Jimmy Kimmel's past behavior for which he has apologized is not an excuse for conservatives to sit and dig their heels in and their racist-ass selves and not do uh, any work on themselves, but that's what they're trying to do. So it's not the same. Two sides, it's not even on the same coin. Uh, Whoopi, you... You got them. And, and of coming from the right-wingers who were always like, oh, gotcha question. They gotcha. When they got, when they are caught in the act of being themselves, when they don't know something that they should, everybody should know, or they are caught being a lying, greed-centered ghoul or ghost of the Gilded Age or whatever. Oh, they gotcha. Another gotcha question like, what, how many magazines or how many newspapers do you read, Sarah Palin, as you are running to be the vice president of the United States? Oh, they got me. Gotcha. Or, um, why are you lying about the crowd size at your inauguration? Gotcha. It's not gotcha. So what? Okay, he apologized. Difference is, you don't want to apologize. You don't think you did anything wrong. You point to something that Jimmy Kimmel did 20 years ago as an excuse to continue being a dick today. There's the difference. At least Jimmy Kimmel is trying not to be a dick. He recognizes this pain that he caused and that, yeah, it's not funny. It has a long history of racist baggage in this country. We all have it. I have racist baggage. I have homophobic baggage, and I'm gay. Every time I meet somebody new, and I have to come out all again, it, I always have that moment of, ugh, because I don't want to be rejected. Nobody does. And, and it's always... um. I have to say it because I have. All right. You know, I'm not that I'm walking around high. I'm Tara. I'm gay. It's just that, you know, it's just part of life. And subjects come up and you, I don't want to hide. Or, you know what I mean? So that's why. But that's my own baggage there, too. Growing up in this country, being constantly told I'm going to hell or try, you know, or my sister crying when I told her I was gay. You know, that's not the reaction you would really want, right? Not that she is like that today, you know. But still. What about me? I was crying, too. I don't want to be gay. Who wants to be different? But I get it on that level. But we all carry this baggage because we were born in this country. We were born uh, influencing each other. And so we're not all perfect. And you try. You at least try. I know I say stupid things. I try. I mean, I know recently somebody was telling me, I mean, speaking of transgender people too, because I try to be somebody who's sensitive and says says the right thing, and I was introduced to somebody, and 
I thought they said it was a very androgynous looking person. You couldn't really tell. You know what I mean? Some people are. That's just who they are. And um, they said they were, I thought they said they were Olive or Oliver. I don't know. I got it wrong. And I said, and then I introduced them to a whole other bunch of people. And I said, this is Oliver. He, uh, he is blah, blah, blah. And then she said, it's Olive. And I felt like the biggest dick in the world. I really felt like a douchebag. And there were twice, two times, I put my foot in my mouth about, I guess, her. I wasn't sure. <laughs> and anyway. And I'm somebody that is trying. You know what I mean? And I felt really bad about it, really. Because then I thought, oh, this person is going to go home and they're going to think about that. And it really upset me thinking about how I upset them, you know, when I'm not trying not to upset them. And what a hard life they have, having to constantly deal with that, even from people who are trying so I fucked up you know what I mean but there you go let's go back to this bitch there's there's governors that are getting away with wearing blackface that's just sliding under the radar so I want to encourage oh you God. all to stand firm in your beliefs of we wearing blackface. We need hard, cold facts and truth now more than we ever. Stand true in your beliefs that them wearing blackface is good for us because we can continue to be a bunch of assholes. As long as they continue to fuck up and we can use the whataboutism game to dig our heels in and never, ever, ever, ever evolve. Because that's the point of conservatism pointing at fingers at everyone else. We're the victims, not them. If they've never had a seat at the table, they're just trying to get a seat at the table. We got to tell them we're the victims. No, no. The ones who are the ones who are propping up the entrenched power structure that has its greedy, tiny fingers around the neck of the body politic despite receiving fewer votes and we're squeezing the life out of democracy despite receiving fewer votes and all these these uh, wokeisms want to have a seat at the table we say no, no, no Jimmy Kimmel wore blackface so you will not get a seat at the table because we're the victims the ones who are victimizing Remember that, people. I've before, and we're so blessed to have a president who stands on the front lines, walks through the fire every day, and tweets like a two-year-old who stands on the front lines of Fox News and tweets, who walks through the fire? For our God-given American freedoms. The freedom to die without health care. 
without $400 in your pocket to die from a coronavirus while your government is sticking its finger up its ass doing nothing but bloviating that they have done uh, uh, the, on the scale of 1 to 10. They've done a great job. They give themselves a 10 when 120,000 Americans are dead in two months. That's a 10. Now, only if a Democrat, if it was the shoe on the other foot, if if Barack Obama allowed 120,000 Americans to die in two months, now that would be, uh, don't forget impeachment. We would... That would be a hanging offense. No, uh, I don't want to be racist or anything. But, you know, Jimmy Kimmel did wear blackface, so we're allowed now, right? We're allowed to be as racist as we want to be, right? Right, fellow young Hitler Twitler youthers? apologize to the mob and thank you that's what i say to you guys every day they're the mob there they are president trump for never apologizing to the mob for always standing firm for being here for the american people and for fighting for our best interests because you are the change that we need to see in america really the serial bankrupt trust fund brat with the fake university and the vitamin scam who received fewer votes, who cheated on his wife, has three trophy wives, who cheated on all of them, fucked a porn star, uh, dictator envy, gives classified secrets to autocrats. I could go on. Strong arms, fledgling democracies to do dirty work for his campaign. Has a bunch of, has more people in prison than any other, well, the last most indicted administration was Reagan and Bush. It's always Republicans because they fucking hate America. Okay? That's the bottom line. They hate democracy. These people are sick. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, here, she, oh, here comes Twitter. I would have fucked her so fast. Thank you, Reagan. That was beautiful. Beautiful. You know, as your story reminds us, Reagan, true courage is defying the left's orthodoxy, not submitting to We don't submit. Nobody should be yeah. submitting. Because we're winning and we're going to win, but you don't submit. The fake news progressive companies right there, they're right back there watching us. Oh, my God. And other institutions merely towing the left-wing line, have sacrificed their intellectual credibility. Yes, we don't submit. They took our Aunt Jemima. They took our, uh, our, our Confederate tra traitor's flag. What's next? Well, I mean, this, what kind of country will this be if I won't be able to Fuck a porn star and get away with it. Use campaign cash to pay her off. What kind of world is this? If we have 
the American people having to actually be able to retire. Who are they going to turn to? None of them will turn to Jesus for a mansion in heaven. They'll be too happy here at home. How will we send them to die for another war of corporate aggression if they have enough money in their pockets? Oh, my God. Anyway, um, I can't look at this giant asshole anymore. Uh-oh. I fucking hit the wrong button. Oh, my God. I just fucked up royally. Now Ecamm is frozen. Wait, let me see. Uh, am I frozen? Shit. Uh, all right. Well, you know what's frozen? I'm not going to be able to play any more videos, so I'm going to have to shut the show down. I, Because Ecamm sucks, I hit the wrong button. I'm not able to play videos. I'm not able to go, you know, sometimes when you're working in a program, you can either drag and drop something in there, or you have to... Uh, or you can go through um, open, you know, file open. I hit the file open button, okay? And Ecamm, it doesn't work if you hit file open. it go Everything's frozen. So now my entire screen is frozen. I don't, I'm really glad I'm able to wrap up right now, but we won't be able to finish uh, the video that I was going to play. But anyway, it's already almost 11 o'clock. So, yeah, Ecamm is annoying. And I asked, I've been in touch with them. They have to, they're waiting for Mac to update the operating system. They think it's something, it's just not compatible. But it's really fucking irritating, as you can see, because now I'm in the middle of a show and the entire Ecamm is frozen. Uh, there's nothing I can do. So, yep, 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 yep. And I can't go full screen. I have no controls. I have nothing. Uh, so what I will say is please become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Maybe we can get together again and finish the beat down. And I'm sure there'll be more things that need to be uh, left with a case of red ass but uh, in the meantime, please, we can still use your super chats. We can still use your support. Become a patron. Please go to patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Also, share the show with your friends. Give the show a good review on iTunes. Tell everybody to watch the show, support the show. If you're in another liberal chat room, please promote the show to everyone they might like it they want to be part of our community so i really thank you yes subscribe to the youtube channel like and like everything hit the like come on over we gotta keep it going keep it going all right we stick together we win 
I want to thank you so much for hanging out and putting up with all the technical difficulties and the bullshit, but we are used to it because we live in this country, so we got to be immune to a lot of bullshit. So I do thank you for your patience and all your support. My name is Tara Devlin. Now I'm just going to have to force quit Ecamm, and I guess that'll be the end of the show. So become a patron. Um, What else did I forget to say? Oh, yeah, we stick together. We win, and we will win. We are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of democracy and humanity. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for all your support. I will see you very soon.